Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, welcome everyone. We have another podcast today. Mr. Brad Owen, the Brad Owen on Twitter. What's happening, my man? How are you? I'm doing pretty well under the circumstances. How are you doing? Yeah, same. You know, every day just kind of starting to get the the uh, novelty, like the the feeling of this thing. It's just sort of like keeps going and not really sure what to know or expect and hear different information. But, you know, we are, oh, guest appearance. I like that. What's yeah. the cat's name? He's a, he just does what he wants. So what's his name? Uh, Marvin. Marvin. Very nice. Well, hello, Marvin. So yeah, you're, you're in, uh, you're in Vegas and you are obviously your vlog, your, your thing's blown up 200,000 plus on YouTube uh, poker. I think most people here will know who you are, but maybe give a little, little background and, and uh, intro yourself for those who somehow don't know who you are. Sure. I uh, play poker for a living, live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, go around hosting meetup games with my buddy Andrew Nimi and make videos about it pretty much and post them on YouTube. So I try and be as honest as I can about uh, life as a professional poker player grinding kind of low and mid stakes cash games mostly. Very cool. And, and you, so I, I seen these, these meetup games and I was talking with Andrew some about maybe in Florida. I know you guys have done them and maybe in the future, obviously right now, who knows when anything's happening anywhere, but um, it seemed like they, they've had a ton of success. Can you give me a little idea of like numbers on tables and, and, and just like total how, how these go, how often are you doing them and how do you plan the locations for these? Yeah. So we first started out about three years ago. It was kind of Andrew's idea, just um, a way to make, live cash games more fun we're trying to get away from like the hoodie and headphone culture um and we wanted to invite our viewers out to play with us so started out doing uh you know between like three and six tables in las vegas at at just random places then i think our biggest one that we've done was maryland live and we had 24 tables I think 25 tables so we had over 300 people show up to that one and there's been a few of them that are you know, 20 tables plus, uh, Chicago and, um, LA, we had like 19 or something. And, and give me, give me one of those examples. Like what, what will they normally have? Like, is it, is it, it's pretty obvious these card rooms are seen when you guys do this, their traffic is way up and it's, people are showing up for these. Uh, how, how do you, how do you guys kind of track that or attribute like what kind of uh, increase? In, Cause it must be, <laughs> see the videos, the, the, the casinos that are doing this, see that they're working and people are engaging, you know, so you must get a lot of, is this something where you have like a core group now of, of casinos or places you do with that they, they must ask you, Hey guys, come do this or, you know, do all the time. Right. Is that, is it the yeah. numbers are way up? I assume from what their general numbers are. Yeah. So in the beginning, we had to reach out to casinos and it was really tough to negotiate and get them on board and have them see the vision that we had. Um, basically our goal is to, Get, get traffic in there. Um, and then with the videos, we're trying to market the casino and show off their properties, highlight the poker room in particular. And if they have hotels, then, you know, show the hotels and other amenities. Uh, so that's kind of how we pitch it. And uh, in the beginning, it was just really tough. So we were, it was like pulling teeth to get casinos to get on board with us. And then after we've had some success throughout the last couple of years, now casinos are all reaching out to us and it's a much smoother deal. We're working with MGM properties. Um, we were actually, we were actually in talks with hard rock in, uh, at Seminole Hollywood. We we're trying to do something out there and we were going to do something 
around this time, but obviously everything went down and we had to postpone that, but it's, it's just been, it's been a, a lot of fun, man. It's, it's pretty crazy. Like looking, you know, obviously I stream on Twitch. I do YouTube highlights and do videos and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, but I mean, you're the, the amount of views and the, the traffic you get on your YouTube, it's pretty crazy. I mean, this, so this is like looking back to your original YouTube. Uh, was this something that like, what did it ignite as in once you started getting more views and you think people start going back and just watching all your vlogs? Cause it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Your first, your first vlogs are getting a hundred thousand views. Like it's, yeah. I just, and it's pretty insane. Like you're literally all your, your vlogs get crazy numbers. I mean, when, when did this, was it like this or was it for the first year or two, it was small. And then did it kind of like people are, is that you find that people are going back and watching them and the numbers keep going up in the old ones? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think. Um, so hold on, scroll up a little bit. We'll keep going. I saw 1.5 million views. Yeah. yeah. Go up to that one. <clears throat> so I think it's right there. Hold on, scroll down a little there, right in the middle. So the biggest, yeah, that one. So yeah. that one is kind of what blew up the channel and I was playing, uh, 1025 and it turned into 1025.50. So it was, it, it was a big game. Okay. And uh, that one somehow broke out of like this normal YouTube algorithm that caters to poker players. And there were a ton of people who maybe weren't really poker fans who happened to see it, you know, um, something like the title and thumbnail were catchy enough to, to bring people who weren't like normal poker players watchers to this particular video and then that got a bunch of subs so then once that happened people went back and you know they watched the initial ones because they kind of it's fun for them to see like the whole story all the way through um even though those those first few videos are super rough and really really difficult to get through right uh, so, this is i mean this is the the title like so when you put this up what was, what was the biggest views you had had before? Was he, was it already kind of moving or did this like spur, this got so big and then all the other videos kind of started getting traction or had you already had hundred thousand, 200, 300,000 view videos? There were a couple that had um, a couple hundred thousand views. One that I put up was like my 10th video ever. That one had that, like that one I had Andrew on, I think. Um, and uh, that one had a couple hundred thousand and then there was one that I did with Hellmuth that had several hundred thousand at that point. So uh, I think I had 60,000 subscribers and I put that particular video out a year ago. And <clears throat> since then I've gotten like 150,000 new subscribers. And, and what, what do you, you know, give me, give me a bit of a, a YouTube hack. Like there's a algorithms change, right? It's not like different things. And obviously if you catch a lot of likes quickly or certain things sort of trigger can, can set you to a different stratosphere, but what is, what do you think is the most important or some of the, the things you try to focus on? The thumbnail is important. Of course, the titles in, important, the length of the video, right? Like those are key things. Like what, what do you find to be the sweet spot? Like in a dream world, is it 10 minute videos, 25? Does it matter? Like what really, like, what do you think is important stuff to look at? I don't think that, I don't think that length is that important. I do think I, I think it's important probably to have it be over like 10 minutes. I don't know, man. I, I think if people really understood YouTube, um, it'd be like a lot easier to grow channels. Like you put out great stuff. For instance, there's a, there's a handful of other guys who I think put out really, really good content. And I don't quite understand why they don't have more subs, you know? Right. So it's just kind of a hit or miss thing, but obviously the thumbnails and titles are important. 
Um, but that's not going to like necessarily get you the subscribers. Like you still have to have good content to back that up, you know? Right. Otherwise, people might click on it, but they're not going to stay the whole time. And then they're certainly not going to subscribe to your channel if they're not interested in, in what you're putting out. For sure. Yeah. I mean, just, just, uh, yeah, I, it's interesting, you know, cause I, I see Jamie Staples, who is a good friend of mine, works, manages party poker with me for the the Twitch stuff. He got me into YouTube in the first place. It's interesting what he does. He has a poker staples, right? So he has like his highlights, his Twitch stuff. And then he has like a vlogs, like Jamie Staples. So, you know, I I was sort of toying with that because my, you know, just again, this I want to make this about you just to give you a reference point, guys, and show you how, you know, I feel like our, my Twitch channel is strong. Like I have a 30 plus thousand following. I get pretty good views, like consistent, solid, but you know, th- there's not too many twi- YouTube channels that get, get big views. Like this is a good channel. Like I'm happy with my channel, but yours is on a different stratosphere, right? Andrew Nimi as well. But you know, mine's kind of a, it's a mix between live stuff and then highlights and the highlights for me, at least they do better. Like if I have a deep run on Twitch and a final table or whatnot, they those do better than like a live vlog generally you know i think you could it's like a difference between like seven eight ten thousand versus like 20s usually uh, around there so you know, i don't know I, what would be you know what would you recommend to someone starting a youtube vlog do you have any feedback because is it, is it, is it confusing like if you do the live and mm-hmm. online or do you think it's good to have a mixture i mean for you you're doing only live right but i so for you what's cool about your online stuff because i've i've seen them and they're just they're edited down so it's like a lot of the it's just big hand after big hand or like important hand after important hands in your and you you play like I don't know how many you play in like a 20 minute video. Um I would guess somewhere like around 100 or something is that does that seem like a somewhat in the ballpark number or how how many hands do you think you're playing in like a 20 minute video of your online highlights? Oh, how many hands in a in a 20 minute? Is that is that you say how many yeah. hands go into that highlight video? Yeah. I have no, I actually, no, I don't even know. I have no, I couldn't even guess probably, I think less, but maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe a hundred. Yeah. I don't know. But you, you go through them like really, really quickly. And that's awesome to see, you know, how a high level pro, uh, you know, plays online. And I, I do think that, uh, people who are kind of, um, I don't know, I guess recreational poker players or casual poker fans enjoy, enjoy all the aspects of feeling like you're in a casino playing poker though. You know, I think they like to see the cards flip up. They like the chips flying around. I think that's a little bit more kind of engaging than maybe, um, than maybe like an online play or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, you know, I was looking at your style, uh, and I really, I really like it, you know, cause again, I got to say, I don't watch, which I'm sure you don't either, but at the same time, it's sort of like watching game film, right? It's good to know what the leaders are doing. You want to know like their style. Like, I mean, I don't, don't, you know, I've looked at some of your stuff and I'm like, man, you know, cause I see even in like the tournament live like this, like this type of view and then like going through a hand, it's tricky. Cause like the WPTs and WSOPs and a lot of them don't let you like in a tournament do it like this. Right. But that this kind of view and like feel and like a real, you know, virtual reality almost where you're like playing the hand and the board. I think it's awesome. And I kind of like, wow, like, you know, that would probably help a lot. Cause a lot of my tournament stuff, it's like, I, I show a little bit of a table and then I'll go do like a share my pair, some kind of hand review where it's like not actually at the table and you're watching, you like get to time it with the, the thing. So yeah, it's very interesting. Your the style of how you do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, 
you have to get permission though, right? So like Red Rock, that's sort of your home base, right? They, they have a, an agreement. Do you have to have like everyone at the table sign something or do you just have like a thing and just kind of, and then you try not to show their faces. You might ask someone, hey, do you mind if you're in it? Like that type of thing. How does that work? This So Red Rock has been my home base for years since I moved out of Vegas in 2012. So pretty uh, pretty good relationship with everybody who plays there, especially in that 2-5 game. I, I If I sit down there, I usually know like six other players by name at the table. Um, th- this was actually kind of more of a gray area. It's funny that uh, we're talking about it now. So I didn't necessarily have permission for this one, but uh, for the meetup games, we put a sign out and say like, you know, your, your image is going to be uh, or whatever there, there's filming going on in this area by being here. It's giving your consent to be filmed and photographed. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this one, yeah, I just, I, I didn't, I told everybody at the table I was filming and uh, if anyone had an issue with it, which no one did, then just don't put them on there basically. Okay. And, and have you ever, have you ever had an issue where you publish a video and you, someone like reaches out or a casino comes back and says, Hey, you got to take it down. Or this is like, not okay. And this, you have to re-edit it and put something up or anything or. So only one time did I ever show someone's face and it was at Red Rock. And the guy was like, Hey, <clears throat> like, I think what you're doing is really cool, but do you mind um, you know, blurring me out of that. And I, I said, yeah, that's fine. So I just went back, I edited it, blurred it out. It was just, he worked at another property and he was kind of high up at another property and uh, didn't want to be seen kind of playing poker at another casino. So basically you upload a video and then the next day or same day or something, you got told, you got message and then you take it right down, change it, put it back up. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even have to like really take it down. I just, went into the YouTube studio, used the blurring effect, blurred out his face. And then, uh, so kept it up. I think, I think that's what happened. Actually, like you can, you can edit a video when it's already up without taking it down. That's the only time that happened. And that was like several years ago. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, I, I, I guess there's some chance that I might've taken it down, blurred it somehow, some other way, and then put it back up. But I think that you can, I think that you can go in and blur it after you, upload it on YouTube studio. Very, very interesting. That brings me to my next question. So Andrew Nimi, who also a friend of mine and has been on the show and you know, I know he's just he, he, a master of his craft of doing his editing of his own vlogs. And this was something now I don't know if he still does or he, you, you could, you would know, I'm sure. Uh, he told me at the time he was looking maybe at someone else to do it. Cause he would actually film everything and then he would go and edit, do his all his edits. Cause I can only imagine how tedious, of a task, but it's like learning it. And once you get good at it and you you can master it and also, you know, exactly what you want, right? Like I have an editor and he's amazing. I love what he does, but it's like, obviously, you know, exactly how I visualize the vlog, the stuff getting, there's pieces that get, don't get in, or it's like done a little differently. Right. So it's like, there is a benefit to being the architect and constructing exactly. But what do you do? Do you put, do you film it and send off your footage? Do you do your own or, or how does that work? I do. I do everything myself. There's very little that I can delegate. Andrews are done a little bit differently. So he does the hand analysis while he's still on the property of the casino. So he can just send all that to somebody else potentially and have them construct it in a way that's similar to Andrew. It's obviously not going to be the exact same. Um, for me, I have to, I put all the clips out in front of me. Then I write out the script. So I can't delegate the script and then I record it and I can't delegate that. So, um, basically what I can do is have all that stuff and then 
send it to somebody else potentially and have them put it together. But I just feel like I feel weird about doing that. And I feel like it's not enough that I can delegate to really make it worth it. Right. And I kind of just like just doing everything, you know, I think yeah. there's some- it's, it's a fine line, right? Cause it's like, you find a way to maybe find a machine, like a optimize, like a assembly line, right? If you could in theory yeah. do it, but then it's like, well, once you kind of learn it and you've done it for what, three and a half, four years now. So yeah. you know, you, you're actually a great, editor as well as Andrew then. I mean, obviously you're making these people love them. So you, you're like learning that and then it'd be kind of a, yeah, it's like your baby, right? If you then now give it off to someone to sort of do, they're not going to stylistically be able to do exactly what you want or know how did you do it? You know, so it's, I get it. So that makes a, how long does it take? Let's say this last vlog, how long does it take for you that you just put out? How long did that actually take to edit and put together once you get home and have all the footage? So probably about 20 hours, man. 20 hours. Yeah. On a video. And so, so you, you, you play the session, you get home and then you're from just like taking all the clips. Cause a lot of stuff you probably don't use hand. It's, it's, it's like, I think that's the thing people maybe don't think about or understand too. Like a lot of hands you're not going to use or the footage wasn't exactly right or whatever. So like you're doing, you're playing, you're doing a session, then you're going home and then you're actually constructing the entire block. So 20 hours of work. So it takes you what, two, three days, four days. Yeah. I used to do it. I used to be so excited when I would play a session that I filmed that I would do it like 20 hours in a row, just straight. Like I, I'm so excited to get this video out. But yeah, now I spread it out over several days. And with the quarantine stuff going on, I wasn't in any rush. So I, right. I mean, I just did like <clears throat> like an hour or two hours a day for like five days, and then I I kind of had a deadline because I was I was um, talking to. Uh, some other people that cause I was pitching like this poker bros app or whatever. And yeah. so um, there's a whole team that were, that was kind of waiting for me to get out this video. So I told them like Tuesdays when I would get it out. So expect like people to be signing up, you know, during that time. Um, so I, I worked like 14 hours or something uh, Monday night or Monday, all Monday, basically from the time I got up to like two in the morning. So crazy. So, so tell me a little about the what's so when you heard about COVID and the casinos closing down in Vegas and all this, how does that impact you directly? It's so essentially you're going and making the videos. And so do you have a backlog? Do you have like 10 other sessions that are ready to go and you can work on? Or are you sort of like, well, now I'm, I don't know what I'm going to put out exactly because I don't have like fresh stuff to put or how does that work? So the second thing, so that last video that I put out, <clears throat> I put that one out two or three days ago. That was the last session that I played of live poker. Okay. And, uh, I kind of had, you know, I, I had a feeling that the casinos were going to shut down and I just kind of squeezed it in, um, right before they did shut down just so I could have more content essentially. And, uh, now, you know, I'm kind of scrambling, I'm going through different ideas in my head about like what would be best, but I'm kind of also enjoying taking a break from the content game. Like Andrew and I have been going nonstop, for the last two years, uh, doing, you know, two or three meetup games in locations outside of Las Vegas per month for a while. So, uh, it's kind of nice just to be home and, and relax, but yeah, I still want to like stay connected with everybody. That's why doing the podcast stuff is great. And, uh, I'm probably going to start doing a little bit of streaming, get into, get into your realm. So maybe you can help me out with that a little bit. Let's, uh, let's trade. I, I know Twitch well. You'd seem to, you know, you know YouTube very well. I would love to, uh, you know, cheat some hacks, some some um, some lessons of uh, sweat and, and learning, sure. right? Because it's uh, that's one of the biggest things I think is um, with YouTube and just Twitch in general. There's a lot of lessons, a lot of hard learned 
lessons on what works, what doesn't work. And you know, it, it's, it's part of the process. It's fun, right? It's, an, it's, it's fun to put out content. It's fun to engage. It's fun to improve your own game. It's fun to try to help others improve because ultimately there's people at different levels, right? There's players better than you and you're better than the majority of the players. And that's the same with me, right? Like I know there's a lot of stuff to work on and, and, and it's fun. It's fun to learn. And even hands and blogs, like YouTube's kind of tough. You got to have thick skin too. There's a lot of people who are going to say, Oh, you suck. And you play as tan terrible. And they may be right in certain spots, but it's just funny. Like the way they present it, it's like so crazy, nasty sometimes. And some people can't handle it. Um, do you ever, do you ever have a, uh, do you ever look like see stuff and you're like, damn, like what's the man? Like, all right. Yeah. Maybe I should have checked there, but calm down. Like, do you, do you, how do you handle like comments uh, when people kind of go at you hard, do you, do you respond? Do you let it go? Or are you just like, whatever? I, I think it's impossible to not let it affect you on some level. You can, I think people like, at least that's how I feel, you know, like it's hard for me to imagine someone reading a bad comment about them. And then just like, they're just like, Oh, that's okay. I'm just going to go about my day or whatever. I, I do notice that there's a pattern. I mean, it's just, like you can't really take them seriously and it would be great to just have it completely roll off your back and have like no, uh, no effect on you. But I, I think that that's somewhat impossible. Um, as you like, I think that it's more frustrating for me now. Yeah. <laughs> like in the beginning, when I first started doing the YouTube videos, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm for sure going to get a ton of uh, uh, whatever negative feedback and stuff. And I was kind of like prepared mentally for it. Um, now when I read it, I'm, I'm like, more frustrated i think uh, I, I gotta say this is i gotta send you the clip because it's it's pretty pretty enjoyable um so i was playing i was playing a, a poker masters event the party poker at 10k right and uh the other day maybe last weekend and um a guy in the chat i bet full the hand right i bet a gut shot with the flush draw and i river the straight so i hit my gut shot missed the flush but the there's two flush draws on the turn okay so I'm betting a seven, eight straight, like a gut shot straight with a flush draw. And I river the straight with it makes a flush and the board's paired. So yeah, I feel like I should have the best hand. It was whatever, but I, I, I did like, should I check call or bet fold is like what I'm thinking or, you know, go for value. So I ended up bet, betting and it was against Dario San Martino and yeah. he, he rips a big, big raise on me. And I'm like, you know, listen, there's no friends at the poker table. He's also a podcast guest, buddy of mine. <clears throat> that maybe adds like 1%, right? At the same time, everyone's playing hard at each other. It's not like, you know, if he has a hand he thinks he should bluff with or whatever, he's going to do it. But I just like thought about it and I'm like, man, I think check, checking back is not good. He's going to check back too many, whatever. I bet, bet, and then I get, and, and, I, and I'm on Twitch and I fold. And like, I already know, people yeah. lose their shit. Like, this is one of those ones where I'm just going to get, it's going to be like a pile on of the chat pros united they're the entity right like i gotta love them you gotta respect it it's all it's what it's all about but they this guy so one guy takes the liberty and just is like going nuts he's like you know he's like dude you're this is terrible like i can't watch i'm unsubscribing blah 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 and and then, and then he's like he's like i'll eat my shoe if that was a good fold and i was like you know luckily i know the player we're friends i sent him a message hey by the way like nice whatever you don't have to say anything i got a guy telling me uh, he's going to eat his shoe and I'm getting crushed for this. Just curious, you know, if, if you're able to send the hand what you had, that would be amazing. If not, no worries. Good luck. Sure enough, he ships me the hand and he had the nut flush, right? Like, so he had top pair, nut flush. And then I said, I said to the guy, all right, man, like whatever, you know, here you go. Just like, and I sent it in the chat. I sent the screenshot goes to them. My uh, main moderator made a thing. 
and I showed the hand and everything and showed his cards. And then the guy sent me a video of like, he was literally making out French kissing. One of the nastiest shoes I've ever seen. It's like a 30 second video of him just licking. Like it. Like, it was disgusting, but it was like kind of funny, right? Like I, I have this like, like a command chat pros on my thing now. Right. So it's just like, it's just kind of nice to get a little bit of like, get people off your back and realize that a lot of the time, and I, you're right. I feel it. There's times where I'll make a player. It's a big spot. And I'm like, in my head, I don't even know what maybe the best thing is. And it's like, kind of like close. And then when you start getting lambasted, you feel a little bit like defensive or kind of like, Oh shit. Like maybe I don't even know for sure, but I'm pretty yeah. sure. So it's, you know what I'm saying? Like there, it is that feeling and it's kind of uncomfortable at times. Cause like you're supposed to be the expert, but it's tough, right? It's a solved game in theory, but we don't always make the right play. And that's why it's so great. But like, yeah, anyway, I just like, that was like a, that was like a recent, very powerfully, the fact that it all came together and I got to, and then the guy actually like did eat his shoe was, uh, it was beautiful, but, um, but yeah, that happens a lot. I think you're in a, a unique and slightly different situation for me where like, if you make a play that's questionable, then you're on like a small delay. So you get the feedback right away when the hand is still like fresh in your mind, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's something that's kind of interesting. Um, but also like you, you, you have a good reputation for being like a, a really good field player and, and probably using intuition, maybe more than most people who are um, at your level. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no. And, and I mean, that's the thing too. I think like I'm, I'm known as a little on the more snug side, of course, like, you know, whatever. Right. Like in terms of, if you look, if you were to ask the high the poker community or what they think. So it's like kind of like times where you make a tight player saying it's just tough when you believe in your heart that you're making a good play, but you know, GTO, like it's not really the right spot or the right thing to do, but you just believe it's right. It's tricky because your cards are face up and you don't actually almost all, almost never get to see what they actually had. Right. So it's like, you're kind of just like going to be at the mercy of people like telling you that all oh, they, you know, they even, you know what I'm saying? So it's tricky. Yeah. It's very yeah. tricky. And you, and you catch it right away, right? You catch on a five-minute delay, and people are just like, choo, choo, choo. so it's it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. But I, I also think, like, there's a pattern of negative comments, and it's people that don't seem like happy people in general for the most part. Some people, they're just having, like, some fun, and uh, maybe they're ribbing you a little bit, but they're, you know, they're fans. I think – but the pattern that I've noticed is, like, a lot of the YouTube comments are, like, misspelled, like, poorly constructed sentences, like – you suck just uh and then like i don't know maybe like one or one or two other lines and just not, not something to take too seriously i think the harder comments are when there's like grains of truth and they're not trying to be mean necessarily but like something just strikes a chord um and and they seem like smart educated people i think those comments are a little bit tougher yeah it's it is it's it's a uh you know, it, it is, it's hard sometimes. I, I don't How do you, how do you deal with interaction on your YouTube channel? Cause I try to go through, you know, I, I don't have as many comments, so it's not impossible. I'll try to go through, hit a thumbs up and, and read them and check through and reply here and there. Excuse me. How, what about you? How do you get, cause like you, there's no way, you know, you can't, uh, you can't go through and, and comment or reply to everybody. Like, and, and you're getting a ton of, I mean, just crazy amount of engagement and, and stuff. Uh, how, how do you, how do you deal with that? Do you kind of scroll through or is it just like impossible? You take a quick glance or, I mean, you can't go through every one. Yeah. Like the first, the first day, the first maybe two days, I kind of look through the comment section just to get a general feel for what the comments are, you know, right. but I don't know how much it helps you to focus a lot on the comments, whether they're good or bad. Right. You know, obviously like the negative stuff, not, there's not that much negative stuff. I think 
for the most part, people are um, pretty positive. And usually the negative stuff means that you're somehow getting new viewers to watch, which is not a bad thing. This is something that Doug Polk told me. He said, when you get a lot of negative comments, means it's probably people who aren't like loyal subscribers or whatever. So you did something right with the thumbnail and the title for them to click on it. And then for every you know negative comment, there's probably tons or hundreds of other people who watched it who are new to the channel and maybe some of those people are going to subscribe so uh that's kind of like a good way and a good like positive way to look at that kind of thing um so yeah i go through i you know i i like and comment on a handful of things and uh i used to go through and like comment on everything but that's it's just become a little bit more difficult and you know i i think like the positive things i do like to kind of engage with uh with those comments yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's tricky. I talked to Doug as well when I started my podcast channel or my, my, um, YouTube channel, asking him some stuff in with YouTube and we got a phone call and he was sharing with me and just even trying to understand the numbers on like what could expect from generating revenue on YouTube. Cause I think there's a bit of a misconception on it. I mean, your channel is obviously, uh, big, no, it's, it, it's, it's pretty, you know, it does cross over into like a real views and real, uh, it can be, but it, I think people, don't really understand the uh, the conversion rate for what it means to make money on YouTube and, and what the reality is. But with that being said, I don't think they also understand the economics where, um, and maybe I'll let you talk about this some, because I see here on your, let me just go over here. You know, you have your, well, you have the poker bro stuff, right? That's, that's something I want you to, to touch on as well. Cause I, and, and if you're doing videos online, so hold that thought. If you're doing any videos on any of the hands here, um, that's one thing, but two, you know, you have some coaching stuff, you've got, uh, poker coaching, the upswing, you know, these type of things. And you got to understand, like, listen, I've, I do, I also have videos and affiliate stuff and raise your edge and courses and different things where people want to know what I'm doing and you're promoting it. So that's where I, you know, that's the real money I would have met. Like even with your numbers, the actual money monthly from YouTube, um, similar to Twitch, it's not like significant in theory, but the overall, brand recognition and then the other products that you're able to peep that you believe in that, that you are able to endorse with your, you know, knowing that they're good and you use them and believe in them. You now that there's, those are serious. They can add up very quickly. And, and you know, I don't, obviously people always want to know how much do you make? Where, what's your address? What do you like your personal social mother's maiden name, very private information, but could you maybe just talk a bit about like the, the, the percentage or how it works, like the ecology of YouTube, because that's sort of like the like just break that down how that that works and without giving specific numbers of yeah. course well in the beginning so youtube is now a pretty significant number for me but i feel like i'm probably the only person in poker that that's true for exactly no that's what i'm saying like cuz i'm saying i'm looking at you know my numbers for what i go off of and same with twitch like i i stream not all the time but like the actual money on twitch between subscribers yeah. um, revenue ad revenue and stuff it's fine. Like, it's great. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it's, that is not going to sustain my lifestyle based on just the, those numbers. But like when you get a sponsorship deals, you're doing mug, you're doing games, you've got different, you know, I can't imagine like the numbers you have on YouTube and these type of programs, which I'm involved with that is good money. Like I know I mean, it's gotta be crazy, right? Some of these like affiliate deals and now, you know, you got a handful that stuff adds up like very quickly. So, um, you know, that, that explain a bit of like the difference and like how that works if you would. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess I'll kind of just do like a, a broad view first and then I'll kind of go narrower and narrower. But uh, um, like I first started out 
three and a half years ago doing YouTube stuff. And if I could make like a hundred dollars a month, like that was great. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. First beginning. And then slowly that trickled that, that, you know, it started adding up as you, as you put out more videos and more subscribers and, and all that. And then it was getting to a point where it's like hundreds of dollars. And now it's at a point where it's like thousands of dollars every month. So, I mean, it is pretty significant. Um, but it took me like, two years, two and a half years before I ever reached like a thousand dollars in, in monthly uh, YouTube ad revenue. And I was just so pumped up about that, man. Yeah. Cause you put in so much work and especially since I'm editing all my own videos. Um, it just like was not worth it. If you're just doing it for revenue, you know, you like really have to love what you're doing and, uh, and enjoy it, um, to get to a point where it's actually like making money. <clears throat> But uh, I think, yeah, Bart Hansen, he was actually the first person to reach out to me to see value in doing marketing through my channel. So he has Crush Live Poker, and, uh, which I don't even have affiliate links up for in, in like videos now because I'm working with you know, other, other uh, coaching sites and stuff. But uh, anyway, um, the, the affiliate stuff, it's kind of a, a small number, but then that's like gradually built up throughout the years and stuff. So it's all, you know, it's all adding up. And now I'm in a good spot where even with the coronavirus going on, like I'm still able to make a decent amount of income. Like obviously it took like a huge hit, especially with the YouTube revenue since advertisers are paying about 40% of what they were a year ago at this time. Right. And so that makes it like really tough, but the, the channel is getting a lot of views. Like now I'm kind of out of content. So I need to get creative, have a few more ideas for videos that are not like poker vlogs, but I logged, I took a ton of notes and, um, uh, on like hands and like how I was feeling my first year as a professional poker player. And I still have all my stats. So I was thinking about doing a video about my first year as a pro, like the things that I did well and right. the things that I really messed up on, like bankroll management and, you know, a few other big mistakes that I had made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and uh, speaking of like the online stuff, you know, with the app and you're playing on some, doing some, diff, you know, playing like you, you have it there where you're, you're showing, um, is that something do you, do you think, would that make sense to screen record and do hand reviews on, on your online? Or do you think it's not really, um, do you think that it's just like going to dilute or not be since it's, it's such a different thing. It's not yeah. even like a Twitch live stream, like, you know, thing. It's like you're, you'd be playing like on your phone or on the tablet, recording it, putting it up. Like, does that, do you think that would just be a, would that make sense? Are you going to do that? Would you maybe even start a different channel for that or something? Have you thought about that where you just have like a Brad Owen online or Brad Owen, you know, review or something like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think I don't, I'm not like that interested in doing a video of just selecting hands from like a session that I played and reviewing them. I don't think the audience would really like that. And it's kind of important to keep the momentum that the channel has. And I, if people get notifications that I'm putting up videos of like online play, and that's just something that they're not interested in, maybe in the future, when I start putting back like live videos, they won't be as inclined to click on those. So I'm, I am kind of worried about like alienating that segment of the subscriber audience, you know, if that makes sense. Um, but I do think like, I do want to stay in touch with people and I do want to still create content around poker. So I think live streaming and then maybe potentially even like taking down the live streams. Cause it's just so fun to chat with people in, you know, like on a slight delay or whatever, almost in real time. 
um, that, that I do want to like continue to do stuff like that. But I think making a video of like the 10 biggest hands I played or, or something, um, similar makes sense for me to, to do during this time. And I, and I only, I think we maybe have like a month or like two months left tops of like no live poker. I think we'll be back hopefully somewhat soon. What, what is your guess? What are you hearing in Vegas particularly? Cause I know, I mean, listen, these casinos and sports books, of course, I mean, sports in general, there's just such a massive uh, unprecedented situation. What do you think, um, you know, what, what do you think can be done in Vegas in particular? When you, when do you feel that they will actually open the doors? And maybe you've been in touch with, you know, Red Rock or people like trying to get a feel. Cause I, I guess they make blanket statements, right. Or they say, okay, we're trying to maybe we'll open air. We'll slowly, you know, maybe there's some things with slot machines or tables. Like we're only one person or two or every other. So like there are things that could be potentially tried or done. Like when do you think the doors to Vegas casinos open? I mean, from, from what I'm hearing, I get the sense that it's going to be some point between the middle of May and end of May. Uh, but I don't know that poker is going to be reopened even as the doors open to the public. Yeah. That, that I think that's one of the last things like in the casino, right? Cause it's like, yeah, you're in a, you know, close proximity at a table, touching chips, sharing like very all the time. Like it's just, I don't know. It seems like, you know, you're, you're very close with people there. So that, that yeah. like, unless it doesn't make sense to make it four handed or six, five, you know, handed poker like that was some people were saying that but i was like well you know that doesn't really that doesn't make make a lot of sense um yeah i agree so i i I don't know i don't don't really know when poker is going to be back open i guess um i don't and i don't even know like how how i feel about it like whether i want it to be back open sooner or not like i want i definitely want people to be safe and smart about everything the stuff that i'm hearing from the mayor i don't you know, agree with that. Like that's been like international news, what she's been saying. And, uh, I don't know. I I just think it's like a whole scary thing and there's not like an optimal solution that everybody's going to agree with necessarily. Right. Yeah. It's tricky. You know, there's a lot of different information. You know, I hear people, I think it's sort of, uh, it's polarizing, right? You got guys that are like, this is the end of the world and I'm not leaving the house. And then there's people that are just out on the beach and they're doing their net normal day. And it's like, ah, whatever. It's like, if you're young and you're not you don't have respiratory issues. You're not elderly, like whatever. So it's, I think there's a lot of misconceptions in general. And it's like, listen, I'm not a scientist. You're not a scientist. I look at the news. I talk to some of the smartest people that I, I can get my hands on and ask them what they think, what they're doing and kind of go from there. But it's really tricky, right? Cause it's like. You tell us what's going on. Cause you have like an insane network of people that uh, you're friends with. So what's kind of the general sense amongst people who are, you know, like the, the Bill Perkins and uh, those kind of people. Yeah, I had, I had Bill on right around. I was telling you, I was in Russia right before I was like, when I left the, the area, it was pretty scary time and had him on for an hour. And we I put it up on my podcast channel, also just kind of talking about what it is, but really it's about exponential growth and the R-naught, right? That's the biggest thing about these viruses. Like, what is the R-naught? How much is each person infecting another person at what rate? Um, kind of movie contagion. They, they actually talk about that too. It's like very similar sort of, sort of situation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they're saying it's very serious. It's a real thing. You want to social distance, you want to you know sit back and, you know, I have a lot of my friends saying they won't put their kids in school until January at the earliest as of no matter what, what happens or what is said or done. Uh, when you start hearing stuff like that, you start realizing like, that's pretty crazy. Like that's uh you know, that's a long time, right? That's like summer, you know, plus, 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 um, and it's, it's bizarre. Like you got to think about how many people it impacts weddings. Like I have friends, friends and people's weddings, there's funerals, there's, there's like court cases, there's, there's, 
you know, all just all of like life is sort of just like pause. Taxes are pushed back. Like the whole world is like legitimately on its head and it impacts all the way up, right? Just like everything, like everything in the, you know, poker is one of the things with the online, the apps and online people playing stuff like where it's sort of numbers are probably booming and doing sort of, sort of well, like Netflix or a Peloton, right? But other than that, other than select niche industries, it's pretty debilitating restaurant owners, shop owners, you know, like this, you know, it's, I saw you're doing some charity stuff as well, right? With dealers and trying to raise money. Cause you got to realize like, there's so many people that are really directly impacted their career or their living paycheck to paycheck or, or just in general, right? It's just tricky. Like the whole life sort of balance is sort of off people are at home with their girlfriend, uh, marriage, you know, people all the time, right? Just like your day-to-day life is just so changed and the whole like balance and flow is just like off. Right. And it's just like, everything's, uh, you know, it's a bit off. It's just, it's crazy time. That's, I don't know what else to say. I get fired up because it's like, it's just so wild. And I think there's so much misinformation um, out there and not saying I'm an expert, but just like, I just hear such contrasting beliefs within even like a friend circle, you know, you got guys that are like, this is bullshit. It's a scam or it's like a, it's a, it's a, this. And then the guys are like, no, this is like Armageddon. Like this is really bad. So it's just like, when you hear like these type of things, you kind of get lost. Like, what do you believe? And it's, it's, you got to sort of make a choice on your own. Right. Cause it's not easy. It's like, you, you gotta like use common sense and just do the best you can. And that's really what you, what you can do. So yeah. Where do you fall on it? What do you think? Um, I think probably it's just somewhere in the middle, man. It's obviously like a terrible thing that's happening. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a serious thing. It's a serious issue. In the beginning, I didn't think it was that serious. Just like, I thought it was kind of the media trying to scare us a little bit. Right. And it's become clear that it's a big deal. So I look at the, the, how many people are affected in the U S pretty much every day. And it's over a million. And, I think the last time I checked, it was like around 60,000 dead in the U.S. So like the flu kills a fraction of that, you know, it kills, I think like 10 to 20,000 a year usually. And I thought, well, I'm not, see, I'm not sure on the numbers. I think the flu kills a a lot, like million or a lot of people, but not in in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, and, 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 you know, statistics are, uh, a crazy thing, math, right? Like you could take so many things and attribute it and say this or say that, or, you know, countries are manipulating their numbers or that, you know, Russia, China, you just hear these different things. Like what is it? Was it pneumonia? Was it the COVID? How are they like displaying it? How are they positioning it? And there's a lot of, uh, um, there's a lot of interest, right? There's a lot of countries with their own, their own uh, benefit or their own uh, way of spinning things to, for their own benefit and different organizations. So it's, it's a very complex issue, right? It's just one of those things where it's, it's very tricky. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. What, what, when do you, when do you give my, you give the Brad Owen over under, when will you be live in a casino make, playing poker again? What's your guess? If you had to just throw it out there, obviously it's. I think for me, it would probably be like sometime in the second half of June. And just, I think casinos will be reopening and I'll kind of, I won't really be going to casinos to be playing poker. Um, even as, as they reopen necessarily like right away. I uh, just kind of will get a will gauge like how that's going, and then and then I'll start playing. It's weird because like I obviously need content, um, but if I make a video of me playing out there, then that's kind of like supporting this idea that it's okay to like go out and play live poker. And I don't know that that's really what I want to be doing. Right? 
Do you have a Twitch stream? Are you, are you thinking, do you have one currently? Are you thinking of having one or you do have a Twitch? I think that I don't have a Twitch right now. I'm not sure if I want to like start a Twitch channel. Um, or is that what you guys call it? Is it called a Twitch channel or is it called something else? Yeah. Twitch stream. Twitch stream. It's like for YouTube, it's like a YouTube channel, you know? Right. Yeah. Twitch channel. Twitch. I guess that's what I call it. I don't even know. Either one Twitch stream, Twitch channel. Um, so, so, uh, what, what are your reservations about that? What are, what are, what are the reasons you would or wouldn't want to do that? The reason I would want to do it is because it would kind of keep it slightly separate from YouTube. And, uh, that's great because it's like different content for one thing. And then also it's not great to have all your eggs in one basket with YouTube. Like I just got a, I just got a strike with YouTube. I had another strike before, um, they removed the strike, but it's just been so frustrating dealing with, the the people within YouTube and the AI and all this shit, man, it sucks. Like they just arbitrarily flag things, remove videos and hand out strikes. And you don't really know, like you, like you did the whole vloggers in paradise thing. I'm so you guys got hit really hard with that. Um, I don't know about your channel specifically, but I imagine like they took down a lot of those videos for you. Right. I, I had 60 videos down for about, for like seven, eight months or something that it just looked like it was gone. And then, you know, kind of uh, Jamie Staples took initiative on stuff. I, I was talking with Chen or, you know, Lester there and got, got it back up. I think I have all but like 10 back up. And, and uh, it was weird because my two of my podcasts got taken down as well with Rob Young, both with him for some reason, and also one with Daniel Negreanu. I don't know why those are removed. Like I, maybe it was some kind of, you know, and I, I'm not, I haven't got the full answer on that, but um it's strange. It's just kind of like bizarre, right? Like our, I feel like it's like, again, our area, our industry is sort of gray poker, like negative connotations, which sort of, I feel like it's demasking. It's sort of not being, I think it helps a lot the YouTube, Twitch, these type of things. Um, but you know, then there's like the possible situation and just every time like stuff starts, sort of gets like, feels like it's going to just lighten up and open up. Like there's like, Oh, and it's like, Oh yeah. I have to like be careful about what I post or how I post it. And you know, right. it's, uh, yeah, it's a weird feeling, right? Like you said, and it is like, you don't really have control necessarily. There's bots and flagging for whatever reason. Um, so how many videos have you had removed in total? Well, only one has stayed removed. So there were a handful that were removed and then two that I got strikes for, including my most recent one. And then after I appealed them, they were basically all put back up except for one, uh, which was like, the, which was like a really cool video for me. It was, I, I won the most money that I ever won in a session on live at the bike. And, uh, and they removed that video. So that was like really frustrating for me. What, what was the, what do you think that, do you know the reason or what was the, what was the claim or what was the, what it, why did they say that? Yeah. At first I had no idea. And I, and I was like, cause I hadn't watched the video in a long time. So I was just like, why is this video getting removed like three years after I put it out? Like, or two and a half years. Like it doesn't even make sense. And then I thought back about it and I was like, okay, I think I did actually promote party poker in, in that video. Right. Um, but so I, and that, that's what it was. It was like some kind of contest and it wasn't even through like party poker. Um, it was like through VIP grinders or whatever who reached out to me and asked me to do some affiliate stuff like through them for party poker. Right. Yeah. I have one video that's, that had over 500 K and that video was the one video that got removed initially, like for a period of time for no reason. And the same, it was literally the exact same as all my other formats. There's nothing different, nothing in the links or anything different. No, 
no difference of any style other than just a highlight video from one of a, a big final table run. And some reason that was the one like down. It was super tilting too. I was like, this is my biggest by far watch video. And it's just gone for, uh, I got up back eventually, but I still, you know, I don't really understand like why or what happens sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. Like you said, it's good to be diversified. It's good to not, you know, it's good to have some other things cooking because you just, things change, right? And just the videos change, the, the, what people like changes, new platforms come up. Um, but, but there's no question. I mean, you're doing something, you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a bit like poker is a big industry. Poker is a big, uh, it's a niche, but it's still pretty large. And to have a, to be the number one in YouTube, uh, you know, right there, you and Andrew, you know, doing your games live and then having this, uh, this sort of, um, separation between everyone. It's, it's cool. Like it's gotta feel good. I mean, that's uh, you want to, you want GPI, how many GPI awards have you won now? The Global Poker Index. I've only I've only won one. I won a Personality of the Year or something. People's Choice. Yeah, I remember that. I saw. I watched your video um, on that actually acceptance. It was funny because like you weren't up for a Blogger of the Year when you were you know trending, or maybe it should have won Blogger of the Year that year, and you weren't even in the, either in the category. Or Doug Polk was in it, and he hadn't put a video out. I, I was up for that year too. Streamer of the Year. Jason Summerall like hadn't streamed the entire year, and it was like yeah. it was just bizarre. Yeah. A bunch of people were left out for, for that one too. Those were the two big categories that like didn't even make sense. And I was talking to Jason like quite a bit about that at the time. Yeah. 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 No, I, cause I was nominated as well. And that was like, you know, I hadn't put in as many hours or whatever. Like I was, I was kind of like, Oh, that's cool. But I was like, yeah, you know, and there's guys really grinding. There were some of the up and coming top guys in there. And it was just like, it was a bizarre, like to see, see, uh, see Jason in there. And then, you know, Jamie and myself too, like we both, you know, we were putting good hours. Like we felt like we were, we could have been on the list, but probably shouldn't have been. Um, and it was just kind of like, it was all just sort of weird, you know, it was just kind of, kind of a, didn't know what to say um, to it. So like, I, it looks like they've cleaned up the system um, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's always going to be tough to get it exactly right, but they do the best that they can. And like something that uh, Eric, who is in charge of it all, you know, he wants to get right going forward. Right. Yeah, no, it's not perfect. Uh, I actually have some pretty interesting stuff, but I would like, we'll chat uh, coming up here. I have some, you know, in content and poker, I think there's a, I do think there's a pretty big gap in a, in a missing niche for uh, content and poker and just like what's going on, how it's presented. You know, there's Twitch, there's YouTube, there's like people put Instagram stuff, but I just feel like there's a, yeah, there's, there's a bit of a, a, a missing, a need of uh, people that want to have sort of more, um, available content and interactive, right. To have more kind of uh, engagement. And I think you're, you're sort of doing that with the mugs, like the live game stuff, but finding a way to get people involved and, and have them be, cause, cause uh, you know, I say this story again, Doug Polk's very polarizing, but when my 2017, I started vlogging, I had a camera and I was at a table at a world series, like a 1500 event. And a guy came up to me and I streamed for a few years on Twitch. And I just started like a couple of weeks ago on, on YouTube. And the guy came up all enthusiastic to me. He was like, Hey man, how's it going? Like, I was like, thinking he's gonna say, I love your stuff or something. He's like, you know, Doug Polk, he was like, you know, he, I'm here because of him. He was like, I, I'm here. I saw his videos. I live in California. I haven't played poker in two years, but I watch his stuff. And now I'm here at the world series. And I was like, man, you know, stuff like this, like certain examples like this keep coming up. And I'm like, I see it's like so powerful. Like people content is needed from you, from Andrew, from, from Twitch, from podcasts, from other things. Like people, if you want the game to grow, you know, in the U S now you can't like that used to be, there was a, there was an eco uh, system, right? People would come up, they'd be in college, they'd play online, they play like poker could die or really take a, a hit. If there's not 
new people getting in, in, engaged, old people that liked or people used to play getting back into the game. And and really the way it happens is YouTube or Twitch. I'm convinced of it. Like I just, there's just yeah. not, it's just how it is. Like I see it, I hear it, I watch it. And, you know, I think that that's, uh, that's it's very important. You know, I think, you know, it's, it's something that people that don't really understand uh, quite really give enough credit, I think, to that. Yeah. I mean, guys like you and, uh, and Jamie and basically the whole like run it up crew, um, was doing like such a great job on Twitch. And for the most part, me and Andrew were trying to, and, and Doug and we were all trying to do things on YouTube. And, uh, like when you and I were first getting involved in poker, I think maybe you're two years older than me or something. <laughs> 30 or 31, 32. 32. Yeah, I'm 33. Um, so yeah, say about yeah. the <clears throat> Um, like I was watching like poker after dark and all these like high stakes games that were on TV. And yeah. that was just like a blast. And the, um, WSOP footage, obviously like every year I was so excited to watch like all those episodes when like moneymaker and Raymer and all those guys, uh, were, were winning it. Um, but now like it's not really on television, uh, nearly as much as it was. And it's not, and the stuff that is on there, like isn't nearly as exciting in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And then like, that's sort of your point. You talked about it. You want to get people talking, engaging, interacting. It's like the same. I feel, you know, I think the one of the biggest problems is I got to get this clip with Matt Savage was on here not too long ago. And he was talking about, cause I was asking him, it's like, so it's so, it seems wrong what they're doing. And it's, it's, I think it's actually not even understood correctly that the, the rule about talking, like when I, when I'm at a table, a dealer, if I want to, if I'm on the river heads up in a pot and I say to a guy, man, what do you have here? Like, ah, oh, I think you have ace King. Like that is so frowned upon. Like the deal's like no talking about a hand. No, you can't talk about anything but the weather. It's not actually right. Like Matt Savage, actually, I asked him about specifically and I need to get the exact wording, but that's like not a problem, but they literally dealers shut you down. And it's, it's like, I even feel uncomfortable about like talking. Cause I just feel like every time it's like, Hey, you can't do that. It's wrong. And then you call the floor and the floor doesn't seem to know, or it's like, Hey, no, you know, no discussing your hand or something. Now fast forward to January of this year, I was in the UK playing at dust till dawn. And you know, who's a better uh, vocal spokesperson yeah. than William Kasuf is there. And he was at my table. He's in mm-hmm. there. I got ace King. You got to fold. I know you have Kings. You, know, you got to fold man, fold your hand. You're no good. I got the nuts. Like, He's doing that and that's fine. And they like let that happen. And then in the U S and like majority of places, WSOP, WPT's places, you can't even say like, I think you have a good hand here, man. I don't know what to do. It's like, and you're just like this, like it makes me uncomfortable. And imagine you or me, who's like very comfortable with doing footage and talking and commenting and vlogging and guys that are like there for the first time or new, they're just like terrified. And guys are just like in their little thing, like don't want to get yelled at, don't want to get a thing. So I think there needs to be, some sort of statement, some sort of um, clarification and a, a redone, like Jamie Gold sort of ruling, oh, yeah. right? Like this is sort of what like shut things down. And and from here on, it like everything's been, I feel like since that day, it's been just like, don't talk. I mean, you should be able to do a lot of stuff. Like I think, like why can't you expose your own hands? You know, like at the end when you're like facing like a river decision and stuff, like I don't really see anything – wrong with like showing my hand being like, is this good here or or what? And like, it used to be a little bit more like the wild, wild west where you could get away with that kind of a thing. I don't think that at all. So here's the problem. Here's what I think is happening. It's actually a really interesting, my, how I would look at it is like COVID-19 analogy. So COVID-19 it's serious. It's a thing it's going on right now in theory, what's the real like way of transmitting it. They say it's maybe airborne, like 
or whatever. But like, if you say, all right, everyone at the, everyone, you can go to the beach. You got to stay. If, if you stay eight feet apart from each other and don't interact, it's not a problem. Right. Let's say that was the ruling. The problem is 90, you know, people aren't going to fall that exactly. It's going to be four feet, three feet. People are going to start talking. People are going to think it's so, like, so there's just, it's like, I think the blanket, the overall consensus was by these tournament directors and in, in places and things are saying, let's just make a blanket statement. This is, it's too gray. It's gotten too out of hand. Let's just shut it down. And I think it's gone from like, wow, you know, Umberto Brennis and Mike, the Mount Madison, these old school, like characters, animations and, 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 you know, engagement to like nothing. And I, and I think it's wrong. So I think it's, it's hard to get back to that, that median. I got to find this clip with, with Savage. Cause I'm telling you, I literally asked him, he's like, no, that's not right. You can do this or that. So it's like, there is, there is, people are not informed and I'm not, I don't even know the right answer. I just know it's not what we are taught now. It's not right. like you can't talk at all. And that's what's happening. And it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I don't know what, I don't know, guys, maybe we should, we should figure this out. Cause it would be uh and I kind of, the way Savage sort of was like, I could tell like how it was kind of like we were talking. It was sort of like that. He was basically like, I was sort of saying, yeah, it makes sense. I guess because you know, if you don't do it that way, there's going to be too much going over the line and it's too whatever and, or too much uh, people taking advantage. So I think it's that, that that's the problem. We need, we need a better like general, like uh, medium, not, not nothing. So um, anyway, that's my rant. Uh, what about your uh, upcoming, upcoming, uh, what would be the earliest, like when, what, in terms of streaming or playing online, do you play on, do you have an account set up? Are you out of the country on stars party 888? Do you have stuff like, is that, would that be a thing you might go drive to Mexico or Canada, play some online, like on these sites, get set up or, or what? I would love to do that with like any of those sites. Um, I'm on WSOP right now and I'm playing on the Poker Bros app. And those are kind of the two things that I can do from Vegas. Right. And uh, I'm like content with that. But I mean, <clears throat> yeah, doing, doing like anything with any of the big um, companies would be great. And do you have, is that something that would you want to be, um, would you want, is that, is that like something in your mind? Like if you were to be sponsored by a site that you believe in and, and their, their goals and, and uh, values are, or not even sponsored, like, do you feel that there's a, something to be done with like party poker, let's say to go to some of their stops or tours or some of these things? Like, have you, I know Andrew's dabbled and, you know, we actually, Andrew and I worked on the PSPC when I was with stars had that big promotion, which was a lot of fun. And he got, he played that event. Uh, is there, is there, are you looking to do some of that? Are you doing some of that currently with any of these brands? So it's crazy, man. The brands, they have basically turned a blind eye to everybody on YouTube. Almost. It's, it's, I mean, so Andrew's worked with party. He's worked. Yeah. Obviously um, with poker stars and eight, 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 but it's been kind of standalone projects um, or whatever or events. And I've recently eight, eight, eight reached out to me and I went to Spain and played their event and I did two videos from there. That was the first, thing that I've done with any of the big, um, big poker companies. And that was great, man. Like I, they were really happy with it. Uh, I had a great time. The viewers like really, really liked like the coverage from the event. Right. And so we were going to be in talks, um, about potentially working together in the future in like bigger ways, but yeah, party hasn't really done much. And I, I it's, it's interesting. Like obviously these big co- companies are doing live, uh, series events and I think that we have a ton to offer to, to these companies in terms of like social media and getting views and just getting brand awareness out there. Um, 
I think that it's easier for them to make the connection with the Twitch streamers who are playing like directly on their site and, uh, you know, to get people to sign up and, and, and so they see more money there, which makes sense. I mean, um, it's also a bit, it's a bit complicated. I mean, obviously I think you, Andrew, some others, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I am born and raised in Mich- Ann Arbor, Michigan, in the U S it's trickier with the U S because of the market, right? Like it's like, it's, let's say the lights get turned back on, uh, which Pennsylvania passed, Michigan passed, uh, New York, one or two more, like at some point, you know, it's, it's the U S will get it together. I mean, they will figure it out. It's going to happen. Like, and now, sports passed at a federal level right which is a massive deal. Right. this was a huge huge breakthrough and there's a lot of piggyback and a lot of gaming just passed in states so it's like state by state has the choice um with that being said uh you know there there is opportunities and i think it's just gonna become more and more popular um where where do you stand with the uh what about sports do you bet on sports do you like sports have you gotten in have you thought about doing some sports I stuff i love sports i think since I'm not, I don't, I try not to bet on sports. I try not to do anything really um, <clears throat> outside of poker in terms of uh, gambling. But, you know, it, it, sports betting is like a huge, huge market that's kind of like poker adjacent, you know. So getting into sports betting, <clears throat> for, for, from uh, my standpoint, it makes sense. Like if you just want to go after money and stuff, like working with DraftKings or like, working with these poker sites that are now getting into sports betting and, and all that, like it, it makes a ton of sense. And if I was like profit, if I was a profitable sports better, I had like some insight that was valuable for other people, I'd feel comfortable doing it. But since I don't like, I don't, it's hard for me to wrap my head around like, yeah, like the Vegas Dave or one of these Instagram guys and be like, yeah, like shit. whale pick and you know, like, <clears throat> trying to promote people where you don't have any expertise i'm kind of the same way i mean i i like DraftKings. i think it makes sense right like that's a uh those type of fantasy things are cool but like when you start talking about betting sports and doing stuff like you know it's just like anything you kind of need need some info or you need to you know you can't beat the it's basically impossible to beat the the juice right so it's like you know yeah. sports can be a it's like sports slots you know there's different levels of gam gaming gambling what you're trying to promote how you're doing it um, and who you're, uh, you know, what way you're doing it. So it's, it's a bit tricky, but that's, I do think that sports is, uh, you know, kind of that next it's, it's, it can, it's connected. It's, it's, it's close, right. It's a close spot. So right. I mean, like Jason Somerville, he does great with sports betting and, you know, he's more involved in that whole scene and uh, it makes sense for him to be doing that. And like, he could potentially provide insight for people. Um, since I'm not at that level, I, I wish I was because I really love sports, man. Oh, by the way, were you roommates with Michael Phelps or how did that, yeah. what was that relationship exactly? Yeah. I, I lived with him from 2008 till 2015. So just him and I, and um, he actually, well, now his wife and who was, um, they were engaged for part of that time. But then, you know, I, I actually met my wife, got a place in Vegas and was, was sort of uh, the last year or two of that was, was in and out. Of there, but yeah, I mean, I met him at a poker table, actually playing uh, like one dollar, two dollar at Casino Windsor. It used to be Casino Windsor, now Caesars Windsor in Canada. It was about a thirty minute drive from Michigan, from Ann Arbor, and um, you could be nineteen to gamble there. So we met in summer. He was going to University of Michigan in two thousand six, and I was there, and we met, hit it off, became friends, and and that you know that was where I met him playing poker, actually. So. so at that time, what was, uh, what was like the hype like around Michael Phelps and like when, when you met him, like, was it known that he was just going to be like the superstar? 
Well, so he had, he had already done the 2000 Olympics in oh, yeah. like 15. He didn't okay. medal. I think he got, um, you know, he, he was there. And then in, in uh, 04, he won, I believe, six gold and two bronze. So he was already like, you know, well on the map. But then I actually didn't know who he was. I mean, I didn't really pay attention to the Olympics, yeah. uh, you know, other than just, you know, watch some basketball or whatever here and there. I had never, I didn't know about him. I never heard, didn't know his name. I met him. I didn't know who he was. Um, and then, you know, quickly learned he was like a, a high, high, you know, won a bunch of medals and was whatever. But then in 08, that's like, you know, he won the eight golds, eight, 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 oh, eight. And the Olympics were there. And, and then he won eight gold medals that, that time. And that was actually pretty crazy. Cause, uh, that was June, July, August of 08. I was there. And then I went to school like a month late. Like I was my, uh, last year of, of college or I think, or yeah, last semester I had one extra semester and then I came late. Um, and then after he actually came down to South Carolina, like a month or two month and a half after that happened. And he, he was there for like two weeks and just like, we were right, we'd go out and like, it was just like the crazy, you know, people were like, it was just wild times. Like he was maybe the most famous person in the world for a couple months. Right. And like, it was just like crazy. And then actually he, he drove back with me from, uh, South Carolina to, to Baltimore. So like when I was like done with college and he drove with me and we took my stuff out and, and then just lived there. So it was, it was, it was crazy, man. It was, it was a crazy few years for sure. Yeah. So what were you doing in South Carolina? Cause I, your buddies with Carter King, right? Too? Yeah. New Carter. Well, so he, yeah, he won that million dollar tournament from his couch. I was actually there. Um, I think when it was like a scoop or something, he won 1 million. I remember that. Um, but I, uh, I, I just met him, you know, through, some people I knew that played poker, like within the, within the college there, but it was just random. I, I went to, I got, I played soccer in college. So okay. I, they, 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 that was uh, one of the places I looked at and just wanted to go somewhere kind of warm and fun and played soccer. And that was, that was just, there's really no connection. I was just totally random and went there. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen, uh, you do that like world cup thing in, in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. The soccer world cup of, uh, do you play at all? We might need, we need a, yeah, man, I would love to play. That'd be awesome. Come in next. Well, should be in. Should have been coming up here, but uh, I guess it'll be. Hope you know. I don't. I don't even know what is the WSOP stance. They said it's pushed back to like fall, but not sure. That's like the stance right now. That's pretty much what I've heard as well. Which I don't like. I don't know, man. It's hard to me. It's hard for me to imagine even that happening at this point. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I. I man. I'm. You know. You see the WPT push their stuff to party. Uh, they did like some other series and stuff on there. Poker Masters was on Party Poker. I know their GG had um, circuit events. So like, I, if I had to guess, I think the WSOP, which is kind of wild to think about, like I think they might do it online. That would be like my if you made me bet what's going to happen, that would be what I think. But with that yeah. being said, that 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 uh, that's complicated. You know, like let's take yourself or uh, Andrew. You guys are in, say you're in Vegas you got to go online. You got to go get set up on a site. You got to get out of the country, like whether or not that's even possible at that time, you got to fly somewhere, drive somewhere. And then you have to go through the hoops to get an account set up. So like, how would the numbers be done? Maybe they just wouldn't guarantee the events, I guess, which I guess the WSOP doesn't guarantee uh, most of their events. Do they? I don't even think they do. I mean, just a handful of them, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh that is, um, that is, that that's like a possibility. Now I don't know. Like I just don't know. Like I mean, it's kind of a weird thought. But uh, you see some of these other sites or series trying to do it. 
Um, but it's kind of funny, right? Cause it's like online, what's the difference between a regular tournament on a Sunday and just saying it's a WSOP tournament. That's like a buy-in of this. It's kind of, it's kind of like a weird deal, but like you throw the branding on the table and it's like a thing and get the buy-ins there and people show up. It's, I don't know. Is it the same? No, but I guess you have an asterisk, but they do online bracelets, right? I mean, people have been winning online bracelets each summer. They've kind of segued into it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool just to look on the Hendon mob and see like that WSOP logo on there. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun. Like, so how many tournaments you must play, like just piles of tournaments on during a normal WSOP. I don't, I don't, let's say there's like 70 WSOP events. How many are you playing in like a normal year? It's a good question. I, I probably like, um, yeah, almost 30. Cause like, it's almost like, you know, you're 20, 20, actually probably like 25, 20, depending wow. right. How long the main, how you do in the main or how many days that takes. But a lot of the times in the past, it was, basically play a tournament. Even if you get busted out, oftentimes there's a pile in Omaha or something else that day. So like some days you're playing two, three, um, even if it's like an online event, uh, they, they kind of sprinkle those online like a lot now. So like there's all, already like where you're playing online plus maybe live, or if you bust out of the, the live, you go play online. Um, so a fair amount, but this last year in particular, uh, I, I had my, my, my son was born in, in uh, April, 20, April 22nd, so end of April, and I, I really didn't go to the World Series. I played maybe like one or two events, I think, or three. And I played a couple cash games instead while I was there just because like I was in and out very quickly and different now. I'm, I'm definitely like not the full grind WSOP anymore, which is uh, a bit sad, but it's, it's uh, you know, just that, that kind of time of, uh, of life. We just, you're wearing all these hats now. You got the podcast, you got the vlog, the Twitch stream, the family. So uh, you're pretty busy. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, poker. it's busy. It's for sure. It's good though. It's fun. It's busy. It's just, uh, it's one of those, uh, those things. Like I, I like, you know, when I look at you and I see you just like kind of mastered, um, YouTube, I kind of realize and appreciate how much you sweat and tear, you know, like in your craft, how much work it takes when you hear you doing 20 hours on vlogs, like one vlog. And I kind of look at your, your thing here. Um, and it's like, it's interesting too. Cause you are putting out like you're, this is another question I want to ask you because I've heard like, oh, it's good to put out a vlog every day or every other day. But I mean, your things are like a couple of months. So it's almost like a like a like a movie release. Like it's like a like people who watch and love your stuff. They like when you say I'm putting out a vlog, they're like, all right, you know, like this is three weeks ago two like one a week. Like what is your what yeah. is your do you, do you just get them as they go or do you actually have like, all right, I'm going to do one a week. Do you shoot for per month or do you just kind of do it as it fits? So when we do the meetup games, we pretty much ha we have an obligation to make a video for every meetup game that we do with the casino. That's how we pitch it. We'll get people in the doors. We'll play poker, video it, and then highlight the property. So, um, so we have to do one and it just works out for me. Like one a week is kind of the sweet spot. I think it gives like 95% of like the people who are going to watch the video, a chance to watch it before like the next one is released, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So that, that's, it seems to work out the best for me and I can play like a little bit of poker. I, I'm just like hardly playing any live poker these days though, just between traveling to different casinos and then like editing and it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, have you ever saw, like to go through the journey? I'm I, I, yeah, we're talking, we, we, I want to cover a lot of like your early uh, go back and kind of look at before poker too. I think I saw you were in a, Pizza Hut commercial? Is that I saw a note on that? Is that true? Or are you in yeah, a? Yeah, I was in a Little Caesars commercial. 
if you go, if I guess you can bring it up. Um, but yeah, if you search like Little Caesars 1992 commercial, we can probably find it somewhat easily on there. Is, is your name like tagged in or something or just type com- Little Caesars? You, I kind of have to see it and guide you. But if you, yeah, if you, you have to search YouTube for it. Oh, let me go within YouTube. All right. This is, this is exciting. I, uh, yeah. Little Caesars or. Yeah. Little Caesars 1992. Commercial? Yeah. This it? No, no, no. Scroll down. Okay. That one. Oh, no, no. Hold on. Scroll down a little more. Okay. Damn it. Keep going. Keep going down. That one right there with the girl holding the bunny. Oh, man. All right. Let's. let's... Should be. Yeah. So if you pause it like right here, uh, that's me on the right. This is. This is you in a 92 uh, Little Caesars commercial? <laughs> what the heck? That's crazy, man. How did, what, uh, I mean, it's just kind of, that's so like random. I mean, this is amazing to look back on like a 28 year old ago, what production, what commercials even look like, but what, what, how did that work? Like, I just like, were you, did you cast for it? You, you get, you were in, like, what happened? They paid you, they paid your family for it. Like what, I mean, what is, how does that work? It was an open audition for, uh, for like all these kids or whatever. And they happened to have it in my hometown in Northern California. And so <clears throat> during the audition process, uh, I don't even remember this, but the director said, okay, or they said, okay, pretend this guy is a fireman. And that's like the situation. And then I just started laughing and they said, why are you laughing? And I looked at the director and I said, he's too fat to be a fireman. And my mom was like mortified she was in the audition room. She was like, Oh my God, you can't say that Brad, like behave. And the director thought it was hilarious. And, uh, he's like, no, 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 let him go. Like, it's fine. Uh, so they, they hired me. It was a national commercial. So I made like $8,000 on it as like a four-year-old. Uh, and, and then from that point on NBC actually wanted me to do some something like some TV show or something. So they reached out to this agent that I had and the agent was terrible. She sent like this black and white, terrible, like headshot of me. And then NBC, like, they're like, no, wow. <laughs> but I, I got, I got like an agent and then did a few other things after that. Um, so, like small things. How does that work? Does that eight grand going to like a, a fund for you? Did your family get to use it at the time? Was that, did that, is that your poker bankroll? Little Caesar started? What happened? Well, they let me buy a Sega Genesis and then they invested the rest of the money. And, uh, when I like went broke at one point in poker, I dipped into it and, uh, yeah, that was, so really, so little Caesars, uh, shots, little Caesars there at 92 a commercial might not have the, the Brad Owen, uh, the vlogs, man. That's, that's a wild, that's wild. Yeah. My dad's the best man. He made this, uh, he makes notes and kind of goes through like each guest and finds like kind of random, like either, I don't know if it's where he gets it. He, I mean, that's an obscure. That was your dad found that for you. Yeah, he's got that. That was in like my notes for, for today. That, that was, you know, in a, a little, uh, I think he said pizza hut, but I mean, or maybe it was just pizza, but I did see a commercial. In the first video that I ever put out, I was so nervous. I said like, I, I think I mentioned that I said my life peaked at four when I was in a little Caesars pizza hut commercial, which obviously makes sense. Uh, right. That's why it must've been that. Maybe I saw, maybe it was in, maybe it was in both, uh, both was, was worded there. Um, interesting. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's a random uh, tidbit. It's kind of, that's fun to be in. Um, what explain what Bradley dollars are. Cause you reference this. Is that just basically you're saying like, like when you're playing, like if someone gets your money or not, like if they get some of your, your, 
your your money or what is a Bradley dollar? Yeah, it's uh, roughly equivalent to 1.5 US dollars. Uh, No, it's just, yeah, it's just been kind of a fun thing back and forth with people who come to the meetup games who are after my money. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, it makes sense, right? Like, yeah, it's like, it's a, it's one of those things. They just, they want to, do you find people gun for you a little more? Do you see some pretty crazy hands when you're playing these live games? You think the atmosphere is a little looser and and more laid back and fun and people are playing a little splashier? Yeah. As, as cash game players, there's no hended mob or any way to kind of have your place in poker. You know, if you just play cash games, no one might ever hear of you. Um, which was kind of a reason that I started doing the poker vlogs. Like I wanted something to show for my time as a professional cash game player, but, uh, people come out and they, they have a chance to, to get some of my money and be on a vlog potentially. And that's why they show up to the meetup games. And if they are on the vlog then that's going to be on the internet forever. And it's going to kind of, kind of show that they were poker players and maybe 20 years from now, show their kids or grandkids or whatever that they, they beat me or maybe they, maybe they bluffed me and, or maybe the bluff didn't work out. And, uh, and I got them. That's awesome. Yeah. And what about you? You know, cause how do you feel about like a journal? Do you, do you keep logs and notes and whatever? Do you, or do you kind of look at this as like, it's kind of fun if you look back through your career and, and now it's been three and a half years. I mean, it's, it's pretty fun. Like I, you know, you look in the future, you go back, like a lot of these sessions blend together, right? Like it's like, oh, I was played at the play at the red rock. I played in this, I was there. What year was this? And then you can like go back and, you know, you look back to kind of how you changed, how styles have changed, how your games evolved and, and, and sort of look at it almost like a, a very fancy journal. Do you, do you think of it like that at all? Or, or any, any, any of the reason you enjoy doing that where it's like, you're kind of documenting your, your ride. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that's one of the coolest parts about it is to have this part of my life in such a unique profession, uh, you know, out there and, and saved, you know, so I, I'm, I'm really happy with this whole process. And I think, um, that I'm going to think it's even cooler in like 20 years from now when I look back and, and I do show my kids or something. Speaking of kids relationship, you segue right in there. How are you? I know you, you do have a, uh, a serious girlfriend you've been with for, for how long now? Uh, we have our two year anniversary, March Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Very nice. Coming up almost here. Two years. That's a, that's a, that's a big, that's a big one, man. Two years is a big deal, man. And then just, I don't want to put any pressure on you. Just saying like, that's a, you know, nowadays I feel what I've heard. That's sort of like a, that's like a time where you get not saying like married or not. I'm just saying that's like a time of like, all right, do I want to, you know, is this the person, am I, am I, is everything good? So that's, that's a two years, a big milestone. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not going to add any pressure or anything. Like I, yeah. that's, that's, that's just, that's a, that's a serious relationship. That's not a, that's not a fling. That, she's, she's uh, texting me right now as this <laughs> timing. So uh, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's been uh, putting a little bit of pressure on lately, man. Um, two years is a long time. And uh, she has two little girls who are, uh, one just turned nine and the other one is going to turn seven in August. So, um, I think that's kind of been the more like reason why I've maybe taken a little bit longer than, uh, than I might under other circumstances. It's right. just a different thing, man. When, when there's more pieces that have to fit together, yeah. then, uh, I think it's important to take your time on like such a big decision. And like they come over during quarantine a lot. Like they might come over today, even potentially and go, they swim and they use the hot tub and stuff here. And then they spend the night and uh, they're just so loud. <laughs> Kids are, I mean, I know that I have uh, nieces, nephews. That's, 
that is that age is uh yeah it's it's all active everything's a, is kids are kids are kids man it's just one of those things they're the best it's a lot of fun but it's it's a, it's a whole nother you know it's a lot of work it's a lot of responsibility and it's um you know is that something would you like to have you i met you reference kids in the future is that something that you would be you'd like to have yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So I, I definitely want kids of my own, and um, I, I love her girls. Like they're great and everything. But like sleep is obviously something that's really important for poker players, and they get up at like five thirty, six in the morning, and uh, that's kind of rough. And then like it's all hardwood floors in here, so it just make it just amplifies everything, which right. makes it even more rough. And I'm just kind of I'm concerned about how like how much my life will be affected just in terms of like being able to play poker optimally and being able to create content and just being productive in general, um, under like that situation. So, right. so those are just my concerns and I've, she knows, she knows that, uh, and yeah, I love her and I love her kids and I, I, I see things like moving forward, but I just, I, I kind of want to like just buy a bigger house. And I think that alleviates, a lot of those concerns that I have. We got, you got to protect those Bradley dollars out there on the live games. You can't, you know, every pot matters, right? You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fight for it, man. It's uh, it, it's serious. Kids are no joke. I think it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but it is something about like, I've heard most of my friends that have had children describe it and you can kind of feel like there's just levels of responsibility when you're single and you have not a care in the world, you can travel, go anywhere, do whatever you want, whenever you want. There's like a little less of like uh you know, uh, this is that or that. When you, once you have a serious relationship, you start thinking, okay, well now, you know, I need to have a little more responsibility. When you have a, ch- a child, all right, like they, they're going to have to go to college. They're going to have school. They're going to have this. There's going to be expenses. Like everything just becomes a little more like almost focused, centered, grounded, motivated to like, to, to, to be more efficient. Right. Cause it's like, you start realizing that, you know, you're a man, it's, you ultimately are going to be responsible to provide. Right. So it's like different levels of responsibility, but yeah, it sounds like you're, uh, you know, you're, you're moving the right direction and, and, and crushing, crushing the industry. It's great. Uh, I do want to, before we take questions, I want to just ask, what are your, your family, your brothers, sisters, or your family, uh, parents, what was their kind of view on you playing poker when you got into it? Yeah, I'm an older brother and that played a lot into my, into my, uh, poker career and just being like competitive by nature. Us growing up, like playing sports, um, and, uh, he helped me out in a lot of ways. What's up? What sports growing up? What, what kind I of soccer almost my whole life until freshman year of high school. I just wanted to get football shot, so I played um, freshman football, and then I went back to soccer sophomore year. I didn't know that. So you, so you got some game then. So we definitely, bro. What have you been doing the last few years? Come on, man. You're not, you're not hopping in the World Cup team. That's that's, uh, that's open invitation. Like it's uh, it's USA, bro. It's country. It's uh, you're in. Like uh, you got to be in the net. You're gonna. Would you like to play in that? I would love to play. Go go to uh, my Instagram again if you can pull that up. Yeah, <clears throat> I got it up here. Okay, scroll down. There's a clip of me like playing soccer at some point. There, it'll just be a, a video of me in a field. There it is, right there. Yeah, this might be loud. I, I think I might. Oh, it's, it should be a uh, in slow mo. So, oh, look at that. No, I, yeah, you're signed. That's in. You're on this squad. That's that's uh, that's all we need to see. That was good form, good release, good trajectory. There you go. That's uh, damn. That is not you're righty. What position? What do what do you yeah, got? Right mid or forward. I can actually play like goalie pretty well too. So, oh dude, you're this is great. I mean, listen, our team is uh our team's very strong. We won the last year's one. We've won two times. We got runner up as well once out of like five years. And uh, our, 
you know, we're always, it's, I'll tell you what, indoor is very tiring. It is super, yeah. super tiring. So bodies are important, you know, like it's a huge advantage. There's some teams that are like six, seven total or eight. And like, they can't really sub when we have like 10, 12, 14, it's like, you know, you're, you're fighting for breath. Like the, the GTO is like two minutes on get off. Right. Cause you're just like gasping for air. So, you know, every year we've been by the end of it, there's an injury or people are tired or people have to go, or, you know, there's people in tournaments kind of in and out. So it's like, it's just tricky. Right. So we're the bodies are important. And uh, yeah, that would be, that'd be great, man. So let's, uh, let's lock that in. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know you played. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, all right. So you're and sorry to interrupt you. Sports, soccer. So family, what about the support? My parents, they say, oh, poker's cool. Poker's good. Do what you love. Or was it like, no, do not do this. So my dad was in the casino industry for like right when I was probably getting interested in poker. Um, maybe I was in middle school and in high school. He was in the casino industry. So he had seen basically the worst of it and absolutely did not want me to get involved in it. Uh, my mom was kind of the same way. We had... She, I guess she had an uncle who uh, was really wealthy at one point and lost all of it uh, gambling. So both of them were like super adamant about me not right. getting into that industry. And they, they paid my college tuition for undergrad and stuff. And, you know, um, so they deserve to have like some say in what I do uh, professionally since they invested so much time into, and money into my education. Where did you go to school? Where in California? Or? I went to the University of San Diego, oh, and then and then um, so yeah, so I went to University of San Diego. I and I had a degree in accounting, and I just thought that was like the safest route to get a job after college. And I was good with numbers. Uh, graduated in 2010, and that was like the worst time to graduate, pretty much with <laughs> with that major. Right. Well, uh, at that time I won a satellite into the main event. It was like a hundred dollar satellite. And that was the biggest tournament that I'd ever played like a hundred dollars at that point. Wow. But that gave me the confidence to kind of pursue poker, um, professionally. I had kind of had it in the back of my mind, but obviously like my parents didn't want me to do that. Uh, I got a job leasing apartments in San Francisco and I was kind of learning the ropes playing two five, probably like a break even or slightly losing player but I kind of had like a false sense of confidence thinking like I was better than I was. And if I could just play poker full time and not focus on anything else, I could be like a, a winning player and could support myself. Right. So I moved up to Vegas in 2012 after having like some other small tournament wins that were local. And, uh, I did do, I did do pretty well and I took it like really seriously. To win how, my- how did you get through that? Where they like, these are pretty intense, uh, examples of them having reason to say be apprehensive what was your how were you able to sort of like make them feel comfortable or or how did you just sort of did you segue into it were you like oh i'm gonna do this a little bit or were you like no i'm going i'm playing pro this is what i'm doing fully right now and like that's it or how were they how how did you make them feel okay or, or sort of massage that in well they so they they'd seen me have like some success especially with the main event thing uh and then winning like some other small local tournaments where they had friends that were, that were kind of in those tournaments and the friends were like, Oh, this kid's like has a reputation of being like a good poker player and I've seen him play and he's good or whatever. Um, that all kind of helps like massage that into their brains that, uh, that I wasn't just some like degenerate gambler. And, uh, so yeah, that, that helped, but like they were super worried, man. I, I moved to Vegas when I was 24 and it just didn't really kind of go with like their plan for what they had in mind from my, you know, like they thought I was going to be an accountant 
for whatever X amount of years and then be like CEO of uh, some, some big corporation. Like, sure. Yeah, no, generally poker is not one of the things that family, you know, families uh, is uh, saying, Oh yeah, that, that's great. Like that's going to be great um, to do. So yeah, it's uh, it's cool though. That they, I guess they come around and they must, what about now? Do they watch, do they, you know, are they not miss a vlog? Like, I guess that is like, you're they asking when's the next one. And they, they're, they're on there commenting and engage and watch every single one and think it's so cool. Or are they just, you know, is that, is that something they're into? Yeah, man. They, they love it now. They're like super supportive now and they watch every one of them. My dad called me like yesterday or the day before and told me that he saw the most recent vlog and thought I did a good job with it. So, uh, to have their support and their approval now, like means a lot to me. And like, I, I understand why they didn't want me to pursue it. And, and I give that advice to like anybody pretty much who, who asked me now, like whether they should play for a living. I say, probably not. I just keep it as a profitable hobby. Um, I don't think it's like the healthiest lifestyle. And I think that you and I are in like very fortunate situations. Uh, but the vast majority of like professional poker players don't have the same opportunities that we do. And, uh, for a variety of reasons, like it doesn't work out for them and maybe, and maybe it doesn't really matter. Maybe like they're, they're so glad that they pursued poker, but a lot of them, I think it could just kind of put the rest of their life on hold, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, I, the thing I like to say, and I talk about Salax, I think it's a, one of the more interesting questions with guests and that are successful and have had a longevity in poker is, um, you know, how they are able to balance, you know, how they're able to, how they got into it, but also realizing that most of us, um, started very relatively young speaking and relatively low risk in terms of investment. It's a big difference for myself for you starting with $50, $100, $200, $500, you know, a couple thousand dollars max risk. Um, whereas like someone that you may see your YouTube video or, a stream and, and say, you know what, I want to play poker. I'm not really happy with my job. I'm making X amount of money. And they hop in and now they're, they potentially start at 10, 20, 50, hundred. Like, let's just say if they somehow went that route or if even at like five, 10 or two, five, you know, you're talking about, you can lose thousands and thousands pretty quickly. If you, if you're just diving in with no work or expertise. So it's a little bit more dangerous also age wise, right? you're 18, 16, 15, 19, 20, 21, you're starting to get into poker. You don't have really many responsibilities. It's a lot yeah. different than you're 30, 40, 50, 60. And you start potentially gambling with like a real role instead of building it from the bottom or, or whatnot. So it's a little bit of a tricky equation, right? And it's, it's like, sure. it's, so it's not just, it's like a little harder. And I, I think you're, you're smart and, and that makes sense. That's how I want to say too, listen, this is, this is, I like to say, it's not a hobby. This is my profession. I also have a lot of different things I'm doing to sort of balance and hedge on what I'm, what my results, like there's times in tournaments in particular, there's a lot of variance. There's, there's a month or two or six weeks or a year, we may not win money or lose money. So it's like, you got to understand that it's not all glamor. It's easy to show a highlight from a big win or a big cash game win. But like reality is it's not all like that. And it's very important. I think to let people know how it, how it is, right? Like that it's not just going to be like, Oh, you're going to quit your job or, or watch a couple of videos of mine and like, think you're going to be a winning poker player. And it's not the case most likely. Right. Yeah. And it, I think, um, I think that the people who I tell, like, you know, prop, I, I think if you're, if you're negative about it, the good players, they're going to, who are going to succeed are going to do it no matter what and succeed. Like if you can actually deter people by saying, don't do it. Those are the people who are, 
probably not cut out for it. You know, I mean, maybe there's a handful of them that could be, but I, I just think that it's like kind of a net positive thing to just be like, dude, there's a ton of risk and uh, just make them aware of that. And if they stick around and, you know, maybe, maybe they are cut, cut out for it. Um, I, I, I agree completely. And I, I see that's one thing I know about you and I like, and I have stuff I've watched and just hear you know, say that you're very clear about that, letting people know and being straightforward and not trying to like lead people down a, a path that could be dangerous or harmful for them without sort of like just understanding what you're doing, how you're doing it and what, what, what precautions they can take. And similar, we are talking about sports, right? It's a little bit tricky. Like, you, you know, it's like, listen, at the end of the day, if people are, have addictive personalities, can't control themselves, like, listen, that's going to be true for a lot of people, no matter what they choose, whether it's, you know, a, a deep, dark web, bad thing, or like drugs, alcohol, gambling, whatever, right? Like there's moderations. Okay. in a lot of these areas and with, uh, people, it's like, you can't, you don't know, like out of, if you have 500,000 people see your video, is there a chance probably some, a handful, a small percentage could abuse or take things the wrong way or, you know, lead down. Yeah, of course. That's like anything though, you know, professional athletes or things, right? Like, yeah, 0.001% are going to make it to the NBA or make a living or make, you know, monetize it. But you know, you, everyone wants to be, you know, a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James, right? Like they want to be this and it's not really necessarily realistic, but you know, there's also a lot of benefit you can get in lessons from a game like poker or sports. Like maybe talk a little about what that means to you. Cause there's a lot of things you can apply, I think to real life with, uh, you know, downswings or winning, losing, it's like golf, how you handle yourself, how you interact with someone, how do they handle themselves at the table? What sure. kind of lessons or things do you think are beneficial that you get in the game of poker? I mean, certainly like just being smart with money <laughs> right. is uh, something that's important. Um, that's like a great skill to have. I mean, you're running your own business if you're going to play poker for a living. Yeah. That is a, that, that kind of experience is pretty invaluable in my opinion. Uh, just the decisions that you make and how much discipline that you have to have to be successful, whether that is bankroll management, game selection, the cards you play, that's the biggest attribute that makes somebody successful. And um, you get that question a lot, like is poker like a sport? And uh, my, in my opinion, no, like, like is monopoly a sport? No. And it's kind of like the same thing, but people, you tend to see uh, poker players, be in pretty good shape. You see like these Jason Kuhn guys and like you, you play soccer. And I think that if you have discipline in poker uh, and everything that allows you to be successful in that realm, that's going to carry over to the rest of your life. And you're going to have discipline, you know, with your diet and, and other things. And you're going to be physically healthy a lot of the time. Obviously there's exceptions to that within poker. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I think like getting that experience running your own business is really important. And the thing that I like about poker is that you get what you put into it and you're solely responsible for the success or failure. I mean, obviously like the run of cards um, is important to some degree, but ultimately like the time that you put into it uh, and you know, how much you're studying and analyzing everything, it's going to, it's going to show in the long term results. So I really like that. And, uh, one thing that you hear poker players say that is definitely true is just like never get too up or too down about anything because things in life can change in an instant. And I think that's probably the most important lesson that a lot of poker players learn. Right. Absolutely. Now that, yeah, stay, keep even killed, right? The, the highs and the lows, you really don't want to be cocky and, and stay humble and, and realize that like, you know, it's, it can turn quickly and, 
um, both ways. And, and also it's important to try to keep that, keep that attitude. It's easier said than done, right? It's like a lot easier when, when winning solves everything, right? You're winning. Everything's good. Vlogs are good. You don't have to worry as much about this when you're, when you're on the, when you're eating it and just not booking L's and maybe questionable things and hands just seem to world's conspiring against you. It's, it's a little more difficult to, uh, to do, but it's, I think obviously we've been in for over a decade in the industry and we've, we've experienced both, right? We've experienced good runs and bad runs and, and, and everything in between. Uh, you touched on studying. What is the Brad Owen? You, you promote some coaching stuff here uh, in your in your YouTube, and there's a lot of information out there. There's there's a ton of different courses and different things. What are you doing in terms of where do you fall with solvers, um, studying uh, friends? How how do you how do you work on your poker game? In the beginning, a lot of it was going through hand histories with friends and reading poker books. So back here, I have like a ton of poker books. A lot of them are older. Uh, Nowadays, like it's all training sites. I think that's where you can get the best, most relevant information. And if you're a subscriber to uh, like Upswing and PokerCoaching.com, they put on, you know, they put out new things pretty regularly. So you can always kind of stay current with like poker trends and cash games or tournaments. So I think that's important. Whereas like these books, they get outdated and they're not as relevant anymore. Um, Population tendencies and what kind of understanding what people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm not studying nearly as much as I should cause just cause I'm like focused on everything else, the YouTube channel and doing the meetup games and setting up that stuff. Like I would love to be just like a world crusher, you know, and particularly in tournaments, like <clears throat> you have somewhere, you have like 3.5 or 4 million or something in earnings. Yeah. And uh, like, that'd be great, man. I would love to get to that point. Um, yeah, and, I mean, listen, tournaments are funny too. You know, like it's, it is, uh, it's, I've, we've had this debate as well, you know, tournaments are amazing. Cause like really where are you turning a thousand into a million in a, in a thing or whatever, right? There's these special opportunities or events or 5k and you know, so there is like a huge opportunity, but it's also a lot of people, you know, it can be misleading in some respects, even like the high rollers, right? Guys, you see now they put these 25, 50, hundred K's all the time. Guys are up like 10, 20 million in their hand and mob and they're losers overall. So it's like, you know, turn, just like anything, same with cash games. It's easy to see like wins and, you know, it's different because there is no actual tracking. Um, so it's like completely different, but tournaments still can be misleading, but it is true that you do have an opportunity whereas you're in a cash game at two, five, while you're going to win five, 10 grand or three grand on a good session. Right. But like at right. a $500 buy in tournament in the right circumstance, you could bank life-changing money in a couple day period. So there is kind of, it's kind of fun that way. Um, and I think it's nice to have a balance because cash games are going to be more consistent where tournaments can be downswing or variance, but like you flick in a one K or a 500 now and again into your, into your regular mix. And it's kind of gives you that, it gives you a bit of a spark too. Cause you know, it's yeah. not, you know that like you have a chance to, to break out of like, you know, maybe you could then upswing the 10, 25 or 50, hundred if you hit a uh, massive score. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool to be able to do both for sure. And it's just so, it's so exciting and like exhilarating to run deep in a, in a, tournament you know I, I don't really have that much experience running really deep in any big tournaments but uh i i, <clears throat> I think i made it to day three of uh the monster stack so that was fun i mean that was like a field of like seven thousand people and to be able to like you know it would have been like getting down to serious money by the end of that day if i had if i had gone further or whatever like that was an exciting day and like playing the main is so much fun yeah. uh haven't cashed in that but i played it i think four times and uh just a blast so like just be around there and then be in that 
environment. I don't think there's anything like it. Um, so I do like to take take my tournament shots, but uh, I need to definitely improve my tournament game. For sure. I mean, it's just tournaments are just so different, right? Because it's it's a cash game. You're generally deep stacked if it's a two five buy in. Everyone's got, let's say, the min buyer or, or on average of you know hundred big blinds or whatever. Whereas in a tournament, like after the tournament starts, pretty soon there's different situations. Your stack size is different. It's always like a puzzle kind of like, all right, there's this guy here. Can I open this hand or I shouldn't? Cause I can't call a few jams. It's just like ICM. There's just, a, there's other components to it and makes it a bit more of a, I think it's also why in Twitch, you know, first of all, online cash games are sort of dead for the most part, or they're much tougher. Whereas like tournaments, <clears throat> uh, you know, it's more exciting because there's a storyline, right? It's like, all right, there's a, uh, there's like a gauge on how I get this, this guy gets that. There's no rebuys or after the tournament ends, it's like, who can outlast. Um, but with that being said, live cash and stuff, is very exciting too. Like cash games are, you know, huge pots and there's, it, it just depends what you're looking for. Um, you know, what, what it is. And, and I think cash games is more sustainable for a living. It's very like I, my heart, I, the people that play tournaments for a living strictly, like if that is what you are doing only, it is very difficult. And I, you know, my heart goes out because it's, it's a grind and it's emotional. Your whole year can come down to a flip or, you know, a couple period spot where you cooler or get coolered. Um, whereas in cash game, if you're a solid player and you're in a good game, you know, you're going to win pretty consistently. You're going to go there and get home and likely win the majority of the time, which is, uh, you know, it's just a kind of different, uh, different, different way of doing things. But, you know, it's, uh, it's tricky. I think cash games are the smart, the more, more logical way of, 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 uh, making a living playing poker. If you don't have any other source of income. Um, so, with that being said, you have a ridiculous amount of questions. We are going to give away a $55 ticket on uh, via Party Poker um, for the people that that ask a question. Someone's going to get randomly drawn. Is there anything before we dive into questions you want to talk about? Anything more you want to say about the the app? You're playing some on, currently on, on Poker Bros, which is on your YouTube videos. Um, anything else that you're sort of working on projects or stuff that you want to touch on? Um, no, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I think Andrew and I are looking forward to – Getting back after the meet, uh, uh, getting back after it with the meetup games, but uh, we just want to make sure like we're doing it when it makes sense and it's like safe for everybody. So it was kind of hold for the time being, but uh, yeah. And as far as the Poker Bros stuff goes, like I I play on there and it's great. I think it's a I think it's a great way for people to um, just kind of like keep their mind sharp and not go nuts if they're in quarantine. Uh, and so, and it's fun to connect with everybody, but also like it's an unregulated app. And so just want people to kind of know that and be careful, especially when they're joining like just random clubs. Like you can't just be giving money to different agents that you're not, that you don't like trust and stuff. There's so much possibility for people to just kind of take advantage of that situation. I, I don't think there's a very big incentive for people to, mishandle players funds i think there's a giant incentive to run things properly and um, do everything the right way but there still is that opportunity and um, just be careful don't deposit more money than you'd uh you're comfortable with and like that you'd lose sleep over if if you lost um yeah, it, it's a tricky it's very tricky on that stuff for sure and like you said it's uh i think without you know it's great how it's done where you're, who you're dealing with what you're doing just realize that that if you are going through something also, I think it's important for, you know, people to understand the difference who maybe don't can't to like process what, what's happening when you're telling someone about a play here or what, what they're doing. It's like you are in a particular part of a club. So on party poker or the other sites, poker stars or eight, 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 that is a site that is, you know, 
it's traded, it's public, it's it's a thing. You know, you, you can feel pretty safe that your money's good. Obviously, there's been issues in the past, like Fultil ended up working out stuff, and, and uh, there's different regulations, right? Where on these sites, a lot of them are individual clubs within a software. So, like when you say go play on Poker Bros in this particular club, like that's one that you know you feel comfortable at least. For you to put your own money and, and do what you're comfortable, you can't say like, "Oh, do whatever and go right. nuts." And you're like saying you vouch for it. But the point being that that is someone you're working with or feel comfortable with the arrangement. Now, Poker Bros, for example, the one you referenced, there's a ton of different clubs, ton of different setups, all right. kinds of stuff going on. So you got to be very careful that like if someone else says this or that, um, that you understand like this isn't party poker where it's legit. You deposit their money's holding. Do it like it's 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 a there's different clubs within the the area. So like what you, what they may think of is and what you direct them to is different than what they may be in another area or if they find their way to another club or someone else's science, just, you know, they got to understand first off that difference, that it is not all the same. So realize that and be very careful if you do choose to do that. I think that's, I, I, uh, <clears throat> the club that the club that I'm in and endorse is run by Bart Hansen, who I'd mentioned earlier. And uh, he takes care of all the players funds. He's been in poker for a super long time, has a great reputation. Um, and you know, there's, he would, it would crush like a lot of his businesses and his, his whole name and his whole life. If like something happened and he mishandled funds. Um, so I've known him for years and he's always been ethical and, done everything the right way as, as far as I can tell. And, uh, but still, I mean, it's, it's a scary thing to like endorse. Personally. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. It, and it's, I get it. It's uh, I, like I said, I'm very aware of the app, uh, industry, uh, the app different, there's different ones, there's different clubs, there's different setups, there's different arrangements, all different types of stuff. So just, yeah, be aware, be clear what you're getting into, understand that it's, uh, it's not like your traditional thing and you just got to make sure you're, you're, I think you basically described it best and you have the steps and protocols. So if that's something you choose, be careful and be aware of what you're, what you're signing up for and who you're dealing with. So just, you know, disclaimer, but of course, um, you know, and enjoy, uh, enjoy out there. Enjoy there. You got to find, if you can't go live and you will like poker, you know, you gotta, you gotta do your best to find a game that can stimulate your mind and, and have fun and, and do whatever that means for you. So, um, for sure. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap it through a bunch. There's a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of fans I see here of the Brad on, you can give him a follow on Instagram, on Twitter, and we will now go through some of these questions and also the, the little Caesars 1992 pizza commercial, um, uh, participant, which we have found footage of. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go through this. Do you find YouTube algorithm has made it hard to grow your channel as fast as you'd like? For me personally, no, but I think that for others, I think that's a hundred percent true. You know, I, like, I'm, I feel super fortunate to be where I'm at in the YouTube poker community. And I definitely never anticipated it would even be this big. So definitely it hasn't been that way. I think for other people and probably you included Jeff, like I think so much of it has to do with when you got involved. Um, like when I got involved, Andrew had been out for a month and a half or so. And like, that's when this whole poker vlog boom happened. And I think it was a lot easier to get traction. Now I think it's, I think it's, if you're starting out now, I think it's very tough um, just because it's so easy to get lost in the shuffle of all the poker bloggers. And I think people kind of have like their favorites at this point that they gravitate towards and maybe, you know, aren't necessarily like looking for new content to follow. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, listen, I, like I said, I, I, I try to, first of all, just 
I like your vlogs and also the fact that you are the leader in the industry. You know, it's like good to kind of see stylistically what you're doing and yeah, what maybe is different. I, I, yeah, in one of your vlogs at one point because we played in uh, the Colossus event together at the same table two years ago, and we weren't like real real familiar with each other at that point. But uh, you had a guy that was you had a camera dude who's going around. Yeah, and uh, I saw that vlog and. It was interesting. I remember the hand that you busted out on some some guy who I think was like probably a poker pro. Uh, open maybe blinds like four hundred, eight hundred. Maybe he opened to like two k, and you shoved for like twelve k or some something with Ace King, and he tank called off with Jack Ten suited. I remember exactly even where we were, what room it was, and what like the the thing. I remember it was a corner like on the side rail or side of the the wall in the main main Amazon. I think room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Jack, yeah, that's right. And that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's funny. The camera stuff too. It's weird. Right. I sometimes feel like I, there's like levels to it or, you know, people feel like they're getting, I don't know. There's like an extra little kick to it all. Right. Like a little different, there's an algorithm within the live, uh, what people, how they play or what they do. Um, it's also tough, like to eat, like I'll say in tournaments in particular, I can't tell you how many times, like I, you know, people will say, oh, jinx or this or that, but it's like, you'll have the camera out and it's like, you get the spot and it's just like, you feel it's, it's awkward a bit because like it's big moments in tournaments. And it's like, you're either going to have feel the emotion and joy. And like, you have a document or you're going to take like a bad beat or get unlucky. And then it's like, it's kind of like a weird feeling. Right. And like, you get like a bad beat on the river and you're like filming it and you're just like, wait, what, what the, what the hell? Like how but did that happen? You know? That's so much fun. Whether, whether it goes like, well or poorly you know like if you win it's great obviously because you double up and then if you lose i think people still enjoy seeing the emotion of that you know and uh can relate to it and you know it's it's probably nice for them to know like even as like a top level professional that that stuff still happens to you and it's still you know frustrating yes but yeah no it it is it's uh it's crazy i mean it's kind of wild to see too looking back on some of the uh again like the journaling documenting right it's like all these tournaments kind of blend together the years the things you look back and like man that was fun and you know honestly too i think part of it is uh like doug polk for example you know he happened he won the one drop when he was like doing his vlogs and like won 100k for three million is like early and it's it's just like you know of course that that's going to be like a ridiculous thing you know like i have uh yeah i don't you know i haven't had like a like a big breakout score event like from a live thing uh which is you know that stuff helps right like streaming online it helps and so close to like winning you know your final table like several events and yeah uh like how important is that for you to get a bracelet uh it, it is it's less now but i i think um for a while i was really chasing i mean I, ha- I have a second like i had it all in ace jack the king 10 uh, 2011 versus Mark Radoja in a 5k shootout, which was like, we had like 15 blinds. I had 13. Um, and it was all in, you know, so like, it was like literally as close as you could get like one hand away, essentially in like a 60, 40 spot. And, um, you know, it's, I've had some thirds and fifths and WPTs too, thirds and stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it would be nice. Right. Like same thing. Like, I want my kids to be like, yeah, it's one thing to like have some wins and live stuff. It's like, all right, yeah, I want a WPT. I want a world series bracelet. And, um, you know, my, 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 uh, my motives and my goals have sort of shifted a bit on like what I think is important in that. But I, of course, like definitely want to have a, you know, major title, but I just like the terms of the volume and playing, it's going to be less than that stuff. So, but you never know, right. It doesn't, it's not, and also I think it's about quality. Like that's also a shift I would say about the world series. You're asking how many events, like I would much rather play 
the, the ones I really want to play and take some time off and relax and do it right, then like, I think in the past where I've just been like, all right, I'm going to play every event. I bust, I'm in the next one. Next day, it's a 1K event I'm going to play. Whereas I know, let's sit out, play the 5K, come on time, do it right, play, you know, do the do it that way. I, I think that's the better way. Um, and I think uh, I'm kind of going to shift in that in general, right, to do it. And I think it's actually just better all around to do it, the the more quality and less less crazy. So I think that would be one change um, to make. But um, yeah, man, if you get into tournament stuff, I think you'll really enjoy it. And I think I, I'm pretty, your viewers would probably, it'd be interesting to kind of shift and like do like a patch of that or like play a, like were you planning on playing the World Series events other than the main or just really the main? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably play like 10 events or so this year if uh, if things went, you know, normal. Right. Um, okay. Let's get back to this stuff. What is, uh, your, you edit your vlogs. We already covered that. You do, right. You edit all your own vlogs. Yeah. Um, being a YouTuber helps you in the world of poker. Um, not really sure how to view that question, but do you feel like, do you feel some advantages from being a YouTuber? Like from doing I think advantages just in terms of like opportunities, uh, like, you know, I mean, if I wasn't doing the YouTube stuff, um, I wouldn't have the chance to go to like Spain, for instance, to work with 888. Uh, obviously like the connections that I have now helps being friends with, you know, Jason Somerville and doing this podcast. Actually, you and I met at uh, run it up Reno or not, that's the first time we really talked. Yeah. That was at a, in the sports book. We were hanging out there. Yeah, I knew I liked you cause my girlfriend and I, we were going to play beer pong and you're like, I love beer pong. Like, yeah, but you, you had a tournament or it was already late. It was already like midnight or something. And she's so like, oh, I want to go, but, uh, that's the whole, I'm telling you, man, I'm not that I'm not fun or whatever. I'm just like, you know, my, I, uh, married, I have a child and it's like, you know, like the, those, not, not that I'll never go out or do something, but it's just like in those spots, like I'd always be like, if it's closer, I'm like, you know, it'd be like a, yeah, let's go, you know, whatever. And then I'm, I'm kind of more, uh, you know, laid back, like in those like 50 fifties, I'm usually just like, all right, I'm just going to get some sleep and you know, not go out and drink and go to some you know, bar and stuff. But I, I, uh, I do remember that. That was fun, man. That was, uh, that was good. Those run it up, sir. How many have you been to? I've been to, I think three. Yeah. It was a good time. That's a, that's a great place. So a very, very like enthusiastic and poker people, poker, really people that embrace and love the game, uh, in one, one area, one, one, uh, arena, which Jason's done a great job building that, building that up. Um, how do you just someone asks, how do you decide who to follow on YouTube? Do you watch some, do you have any channels you kind of like watch all their vlogs or some of them? And like, who do you, how do you find like new YouTube people that you like? To, to like, watch? like poker specifically or, yeah, or general, any YouTube vlogs, I guess. I love for me, like when I watch YouTube, it's not poker stuff for me. Like I really want to like relax and unwind. And so I'm usually watching like Joe Rogan podcasts or, um, there various other things like that. I like this channel called like biographics, I think, which kind of, uh, just goes over like different interesting people's lives. Right. Uh, I was into like conspiracy stuff for a while. Mm. I, not that I like believed in them. I just thought they were interesting. Did, we, but, did, we to, did the U S make it to the moon? I mean, that one seems like pretty dumb. <laughs> I agree. I, mean, I think, I think we did, but I, I did like the people who are really at, like, it's crazy, right? The in conspiracy theories, like the ones that are so, adamantly like some of the bigger ones like the jfk you know it it seems like something was odd with that one like even the u.s government at one point said it was likely that there was a uh there was some some kind of um i don't i don't know what there was some kind of like court 
case that was around the JFK thing, like years later. And they determined, like it said, like in a government court, that it was likely that there was a governmental conspiracy. It, it's it's that, that have you you seen the Zabruder film? Did you ever watch like the yeah. actual shot? Yeah, that that's pretty crazy. I think I saw it like, two years ago or three years ago. Like I I got out of the movie came out and I was like watching the one and then I wanted to see the footage of it and every, it's just insane. Like the fact that the technology and the, the person who did it or whatever, like that they can execute a shot on a moving car to hit him in the head. It seems like one in like, it couldn't have been like more than, you know, it's not like it was 50%. Like that shot seems almost impossible. Like, you know, right. Well, I mean, like, to reload and shoot multiple shots that were all accurate within like, a certain like 10 second time frame or whatever it is uh it seemed like nearly impossible especially with like the kind of gun he was using and his angle and all oh, of it was it more there was more than one shot fired yeah oh really i didn't yeah. know i didn't even realize that i thought it was a one 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 uh so he was re- he he appeared however wherever the gun or whatever was shot there was multiple bullets fired at that so it wasn't the first try shot that's why people thought there were multiple shooters and stuff Super interesting. Yeah. It seems crazy. And the fact that he got like a headshot or like after one or two, you know, they would, if they notice the shot and they hear it, then like they would protect and recover, get down. Like the fact that like, just sort of like, you know, I don't know that. Yeah. So that's a wild one. You can get lost in these things. It's a rabbit hole for sure. We need to go into there, but yeah, I mean, I, I really love like just learning new things on YouTube. And so, um, so that's kind of what I use it for, like more so than poker vlogging stuff. I also, I'm also kind of wary about watching other poker content just because I don't want to steal stuff from other people. Like I think people do a great job and I think that I'm just like, Oh, this is awesome. And whether, you know, maybe you forget about it like a week later and maybe like subconsciously you want to do like something similar. And I just to, just to not have any, uh, thing like that. It's easier for me to just kind of like avoid watching other poker vlogs and especially Andrews because we're doing them from the same event a lot of the time. Right. And, uh, and I don't want to see something and he puts out his videos like a week or two weeks before I do. So I don't want to see his from, from one event that we do and then like either want to include something or not include something based on what he put out. Right. That's actually a little interesting. That is interesting that the, that like then, cause there's going to be some overlap probably or similar shots that you both did or that were cool. And that's almost like a little tricky. Cause it's like, that's, that's, that's the way that I guess do it. If you just don't know or don't look, it's just like, looks like whatever. I just literally, that's your stance because if yeah. it's like you do watch it, then it's like, Oh, and then it looks similar. There's similar stuff. Like, you know, it's like a little tricky, but the fact that he's releasing it generally ahead, it's almost like, you know, you gotta be and not careful, but that's something to be cognizant of that. That's a, that could happen. Right. Yeah. Um, I usually watch his from the same event, like after I put mine out. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, worst beat. Is there any hand on vlogging that was like, you've seen like runner runner, like 0.3% or some crazy shit that like just was wild. That... <sighs> um, you know, I don't know on vlog, but I got like quad over quadded once in my poker career. That one was rough. That was like right before I started vlogging though. Wow. That's, that's pretty dirty. I don't like it. I think the sickest part about it was that I was putting in 95% of my hours at Red Rock where they have a bad beat jackpot. That hand happened at Bellagio, just like that happened to be there. And uh, so I got bad beat twice, basically in the same. That's, that's, that's pretty wild. So that, that is a little, little bit unlucky. A lot of questions here that we've already covered, which is nice on average, how much time you spend on video editing. You say about 20 hours. That could be, is that the average or an hour per minute of, um, 
like finished product. So if like it's a 15 minute video, it usually takes me like 15 hours. Wow. Um, the, what is harder growing your YouTube channel or becoming a professional poker player? Like what's, what do you think would be harder someone to become a successful YouTuber or poker player? Probably becoming a successful YouTuber. I think it's probably harder just cause I think like if you, I think it's, I think I'm like really, really lucky to be where my channel is on YouTube. And uh, I think it's like, I think it's, super like almost nearly impossible I, if you look at all the good poker players that have content on youtube um the amount that would like feel comfortable on their youtube revenue like i, I don't know I, it's hard to explain exactly but I, I just think it's like super tough to be successful in youtube and i've gotten like very lucky Yes. Uh, I mean, it's similar to Twitch. Like it's just not for everyone. It's not even that it's not even, it's not for everyone. Cause listen, I hope, you know, I, I would think maybe you utter the same sentiment that everyone go out. If you play poker, if you go live, try it, do a YouTube, do a vlog, you know, have fun with it, but just understand that it doesn't just happen. You know, it's three and a half years of working four years, two years before you get any traction and a lot of dedication and, and whatever. But if your motive is maybe just have a journal, you know, and your friends, family, people can sweat along. Like you said, there's not a lot of people that, you know, necessarily know you play poker for good or bad if you're playing cash games. So it's like, if you want to just kind of document it, record it, maybe it turns into something, maybe you love it. Maybe you keep going with it, or maybe you just have it and you can look back on it. You know, it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be, you need to become the number one YouTuber or do it to monetize. Right. There is yeah. similar on Twitch, right? A lot of people, like you, some people make a Twitch channel and they stream when they play once in a while and they have it and they can go back, review hands. They can have family members or people watch, but it doesn't mean that they need to try to get a sponsorship or make it their, their, their main, main focus. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that is, I think that's, that's, that's good. I, I agree with what you're saying there as well. Um, how's your day so far? It looks, people ask me about how is, uh, how do you always stay so positive? You seem to have a very positive upbeat vibe with stuff. Like what's your, uh, do you have any tricks? Do you do meditation? Are you uh, a generally just positive person off the tables or do you have any, any, any advice on that or, or how you're able to do that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have my moments, man. I, I, I'm not like always that positive. I mean, sometimes I get frustrated, <laughs> right. uh, but generally on video. Yeah. I want to, I want to come off as positive. I don't want to like, I think that I try to express my feelings like the best that I can on video. I think when I'm angry, then I don't express that as much on video, like about a bad beat. For instance, the last the last video I put out, I lost like the biggest pot of my life where this dude just was playing crazy. And then I added on and then like five minutes later, he stacked me. And, uh, and I was like pretty dejected about that. I wasn't actually angry. I was just kind of like more sad maybe than I, than I might've like put off in my video or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they like, I'm like super fortunate in just a ton of ways. So for the most part, I am pretty positive and pretty happy, but uh, definitely have my moments that, you know, maybe, maybe aren't shown as much where I'm upset or whatever. What is your biggest win and loss? Uh, I guess playing poker live, like playing poker in, in a casino. In cash games, my biggest win is like 5,200 or 5,300. Um, in five ten, I mean, I don't have like absurd, like huge, huge wins. Um, and then my biggest loss is 6,000. Okay. Yeah. So that someone's actually referencing that in the chat there. Got people know they, I know actually you were saying, I was like, Oh, they know it. It's like, there's you referenced. What <laughs> it is. Uh, I was like, Oh, so someone knows. Okay. Um, to, 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 
any new have you what are you doing instead of playing poker live now is there any is there any stuff any like are you learning a language any reading any shows you've you've picked up that are cool like anything that's been a change that that now is part of your routine at the moment just working out more i think just this is such a great time to kind of recharge the batteries and focus on some self-improvement and uh reading is something that i've been doing like i hadn't finished a book in forever before this and so now I'm like 20 pages away from finishing a book, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> that, that is, that's a big, I mean, listen, books are, that's not something easy to do these days. Like I can't tell you last time I've gone cover to cover on a book and, and rarely pick one up. So that is, that is, that's cool. That is nice. feels good, right? Like it's kind of like, all right. Yeah. Like I picked up, picked up and finished something. Cause it's, uh, I feel like our, 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 uh, what's the word? Our, what's the like our age our, our demographic appeal like we don't, we're, not, we're not really it's not like a common thing i feel like book reading sort of lost right yeah at least like from i don't know a lot of people that read books yeah yeah i'm i'm such a slow reader but i really enjoy reading um i, I really enjoy like the getting all the ideas like soaking in those ideas in a book and then finishing a book yeah but that rarely happens for me these days so uh, yeah, just self-improvement, just working out, reading, trying to get better at online, adjusting to that. Cause that's something that I wasn't really doing before. And, uh, just, I'm there's like so many things that I wish I was better at that, uh, not, not just like poker related, but just in general in life. So for sure. No, I mean, I think it, I think this is like when looking back on this period of time, I think it's obviously a lot of, a lot of, uh, sadness and negativity stuff, but it's also, I think a lot of people are going to find some new spark, new do something that they're going to pick up or learn or, or be able to accomplish. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of positives as well from this, this, this world sort of pause and what we're doing or what everyone's doing individually. Uh, what's your favorite GPI award? Like which one, which category or thing you think is like cool or that they that that's, that's unique. So the people's choice was awesome. That was like, I was really, really excited to win that one. Uh, just winning like one GPI award in my career was something that was, you know, like almost like a bucket list career thing. Um, so I did that and it's just nice. Cause like the people vote for that one. So I think that one's particularly cool. I think it'd be great to win a blogger of the year award at some point, uh, just to be like recognized as, uh, the top person in, in the category that I, who won this year? Uh, Andrew's won all of them. <laughs> he won, he's won every year. The... I think it's been around for three years. Yeah. Okay. And you can't argue with him, uh, him winning it. Cause I mean, he obviously does a great job and he's the only reason that I'm doing it. Right. Uh, is that, is that like when you go into the, when you go into the award show that night, you guys are friends and it's like, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting thing, right? Cause you're like competitors, but like you're saying, he's the reason you're there. He's like yeah. kind of the, the, uh, industry standard, but now you're sort of, you've got the most followers and like your thing is ignited, but like, so it's kind of like you guys are friends, you're, you're partners on stuff. You do games together. You're, you're happy for each other, but you're also competitors in, in some sense on that. But it's like, you know, a weird, kind of a weird thing, right? Cause it's like, he wants you to win probably and be happy for you, but obviously he wants to defend his, his, uh, his, his sort of domain. Like, is there any kind of, is that like, was it like a, like when they're about to announce the award, was it like, kind of like, were you like, cause it could go either way. Right. I mean, it's literally like, you could probably expect like, yeah, they're like when they're reading it, it could be you easily. Like it, it's like almost a toss up essentially. So like, how is that like dynamic? Or So that's why I don't even really like that award being a thing. Cause it's a pretty dumb, um, <laughs> you think about it. It's like who, who, you know, documented their life the best over the last year. Uh, so it's like, it's not something that should even be like a competitive thing amongst people. Right. 
It should just be like, yeah. you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like the best job. Um, and, and then, you know, you put out the best product that you can and you do things the way that you want to do them. That's like how it should be. And it's, I, I think I've thought about this some, and then I actually got like, you know, I, I was up, uh, for stream of the year, a few years, there was one year where I like the year before, I think I thought I was actually going to win or I could, like, I was like, literally thought, you know, it could go either way. Um, and it was like, I was like, ah, be, you know, it's fun, right? It's great to get an award. It's great to be recognized and all that. But, you know, I started thinking about, it. I think they should actually, cause those categories like Twitch and YouTube are sort of the, you know, those are like the big ones, right? Like those are like the big content things. Like I think it would be cool to have like a, a vlog of the year or a stream of the year, you know, moment of the year, like at some point, like just kind of for fun, like add a couple more, of, of, of something sort of like where you've got multiple winners within a category and also, you know, sort of uh, hone in on, on, on a moment or a thing. Right. Cause like Twitch, for example, or um, YouTube, right. Like there's maybe a vlog or someone that goes viral or like some situation. Like, I just think it'd be kind of cool to add within the category, like a couple extra, like yeah nuances, but I think we could team up and do like a vlogger and streamer award show, you know, like got- uh, best hand, whatever, all, all these kind of things. I got, I got something in the pipeline that I, I, I like, I, I much prefer to deliver and have stuff ready and do stuff than say like, Oh, I'm doing this or that. Like for a couple of reasons, not only just, you know, strategically cause people could try to do whatever. I got some cool stuff in the, in the pipeline. I'm definitely going to, sh- you know, you and Andrew to, uh, to talk about. So we'll, we'll do that at uh coming up here. I think we could do some pretty cool stuff. Um, but for, so for this, I got to tell this story because it's pretty funny. So for the blogger of the year thing, I think Andrew um, was expecting me to win him and I were both actually doing a meetup game in, uh, in LA at the gardens casino. But we had the global poker awards on the television there. So everybody was watching. And as the um, category came up, Andrew walked over to where I was sitting and he had someone else film like, you know, our interaction or whatever, how it was going to go. So I think he was planning on me winning and him like congratulating me and he was going to have it and he was going to include it on his blog. And then he, he won. And then, uh, so it was like, congratulations. You know, I, I mean, I was, I was, I thought I was going to win. I was hoping I was going to win. I didn't. So I was like kind of upset, but like, right. I'm, this is my, this is my buddy, one of my best friends. And, uh, he definitely deserved to win as well. So, um, but then he, so he, he didn't take that clip. He didn't use it uh, in his video of him, like actually winning the award, which is like kind of funny. Yeah. No, I was going to say like the feeling, I, I think I, I have a similar, you know, I remember it was like 26, must've been 17 or for 18. I forget, but like I, I was there and I, Jamie won same exact thing. Like Jamie, great streamer. You know, I think there was probably a year when he should have won um, that Somerville was sort of like just sort of the guy, right? Like he's, he's like the reason you know, he was the original, he was the best and does it. And then he kind of took a break. And then like that year, and it's just like, same thing. It's like, it could go multiple ways and it's hard to call. And you don't know, did you lose by a vote by 10? Was it close? Did you really, should you have won or not? Or does it even matter? But it's like, there is a, there is a feeling of, um, you know, there's a feeling about it, right? It's like, you, it's it's intense, right? Cause it's like, it's great. Like you want to win, it's competitive, but then it's kind of, you think about it. All right. You know, that's cool. Or like, yeah, he deserved it too. And he's a great guy. And like, it all kind of doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right. Like it's one of those things like you forget about it or, or it's just not, or, you know, you'll get, you know, hopefully when the next one or, or coming up and you'd be doing it for a while, but um, it's, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like it's, it's great to be competitive. It's great. Anytime there's competition, it's good. You know, it's good when there's like, it's unknown who's going to win. It makes it exciting and kind of like a thing where it's like one, if a guy's just like 
there's no competition. It's an easy choice and it's automatic. It's like less of an exciting kind of thing. Right. So I think that's, that's good as well. Um, but yeah, it's very cool. Uh, let's take one or two more and then we will, we'll, uh, wrap it up. We've been here over two hours. I really do appreciate the time. And, uh, this has been very insightful. I hope everyone's enjoying, and this will be out on podcast channel outlets, not just the video, but you can watch the video recap here on YouTube as well. And, uh, someone asked, do you play, do you play poker stars or party? Do you have accounts set up on either of those sites? No, not currently. Is that, and you did say, but would that be something of interest to you or just not at the moment based on your playing, you got the app, you got WSOP, like to, to forget COVID, let's say COVID becomes a, is in the past in three months, two months. Is that something you'd be interested in going and getting set up, going through the process to have it or, or just not really even on your radar? No, it's definitely on my radar. Uh, like I would love to be working with some of those, you know, some of those big companies and providing content for them and playing on their platforms and, and particularly probably like going to their live event series. Like, I think that's, um, something that would be, that would be even cooler is to go to those destination places and, uh, show off those. All right, let's take this and then one more. Who inspired you to pick up a camera for your first film experience? Who was the, who was the one who told you, Hey man, you should do this or, or got you sparked to think about doing it? Well, okay. So like, Watching Doug Polk and Jason Somerville in the beginning, those were like the two biggest guys like on, on YouTube. Um, and so like, I always thought what they did was great. Seeing Andrew's vlog is like what, what uh, made me think it was like even possible for me to do it. It's just like an everyday kind of a two five grinder. And then my dad putting out a video that I didn't know about. That was like the worst video I've ever seen, but it had like 12,000 views or something. Uh, put me over the edge and, and is the reason why I actually like started I taking that leap and like doing that first video is really, really tough to put yourself out there and just not knowing how people are going to respond to it. Like whether or not people are going to watch it, whether or not people like, I, I didn't know that I wanted people to watch it, to be honest. Um, right. I think it would only be like friends and family. And it was kind of like an embarrassing thing, like taking a shot at video editing, which I knew nothing about. And it, it was tough. That's yeah, no, I, I, it is. It's hard. The first step's definitely the hardest. Like it just looking at the evolution, right? Probably the equipment you use now, the setup you have, the editing tools and in, in way, like looking back three years ago, you know, like same thing for me as well. It's like the microphones, the cameras, the things you start getting better, your design, your logos, the way you do it, how you do it, like everything just kind of optimizes and it's a, it's a real journey. Right. And it's like, even yeah. I could say for myself, even in the last two months, made major changes to set up or and also part of this technology and what's available on the market and what, how the industry shifts and changes. But, you know, I'm sure looking back at your first vlogs now, you're like, Holy shit. Like look at what I was doing. Look at how I was filming. Look at how crazy it is. But you just sort of teach his own. Yeah. I mean, it looks great. You look like you're broadcasting from a comedy club. Yeah. (laughs) Full comedy club uh, area and then got, you know, things going on, man, getting, getting upgrades on equipment and trying to, that's the definition of the matrix, right? Always optimizing, moving forward, improving. That's what I think, uh, you know, good creators try to do. And, and, and I know you're doing it and, and Andrew, and again, it's a lot of fun. It is cool. I wish I had more time. Truthfully, I've seen some of your stuff. I watched some of it. Like you said, I don't want to poach it, but you know, looking sure. at all oh, that makes sense. Like, why am I doing it this way when this is going to be way more, not even like the style, but just like a very general change and like how you're presenting the information like is important right what works what doesn't work what do people like and you get some of that from feedback you know like you get feedback from people like oh i wish you did this more do do less of this or show more of that and um 
you know, all that, all that stuff. Uh, let's see one more. Enjoy. Oh yeah. Poker enjoyment. How has your poker, the enjoyment of poker been for you in the last say starting poker and where you are now, do you like it more less, or is it maybe hard to say? Cause like maybe you enjoy the, the content side of it more and the YouTube aspect of it, but actually like the going and playing, like when you say, I'm going to go wake up and go play at a casino. Is that exciting to you? Is it a job or is it like, this is going to be fun. Let's crush. And like, I love it. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question because like the stress is pretty much gone from playing poker and depending on it for a living. So that makes it easier to enjoy, but also it's not like the best way to optimize my time as much anymore. So like creating content around poker is a better use of my time than playing poker. Right. Uh, so like, I almost feel guilty when I play now, like, like I should be at home, like editing or something, but I do. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy playing a ton still. And so I think, I think overall I enjoy playing poker more just cause I don't have to stress about the money as much. And, uh, I can, you know, it allows me to play in like bigger games from creating the content. And that's, that's actually a pretty cool thing is that I can take shots and like 1025 and, and, uh, 1020 and stuff, because if I film it, then I get a YouTube rebate if, if things don't go well. And if things do go well, then, uh, you know, maybe I can have a, a big win. That's yeah. Very well said. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way as you, man. It's crazy. Like I, I love the game. It's such a fun game and just looking at oh, how much it's shifting. Oh, it is. I do kind of miss the times of like playing one, two, two, four, five, ten. like for the first times, like when I was building a role and it's like exciting. Cause like, even if you think you're a winning player and doing well, it's kind of like, unsure if you can really do it you know like is there could you be variants are you even good at poker is it possible to do this and like you know have the freedom to play poker and, and be your own business so like all these sort of like unknown variables like it's like the journey is part of the real fun right it's like you know it's like same thing if someone asked me do you want to win the lottery like would it be cool to give in given a hundred million dollars today yeah i mean it would i guess like right and then and assuming you could be but it's sort of like the actual grind and journey and and and, and, and experience of building a sustainable thing is i think very rewarding and very fun and i think it's actually better that way than just like you know it's also sometimes you know i think about that too like there's times i look back on some of my biggest tournament scores and things where i've gotten second third fourth maybe i would have won and i would have like been cocky and said oh like i'm the greatest or like or like blown the money or, or been less motivated. Right. So I think it's like another thing I like to say, it's about not about what happens. It's how you react to what happens. And a lot of times in the moments, something may seem terrible or unfair or not what's best for you, but it actually could pay dividends or be part of your, your plan. You know, like that's, that's pretty, the book that I'm reading is called David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. And he talks about like that exact thing. It's about like, things that you think are disadvantages at the time end up really helping you out in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I'll just give one example before we kind of head off, like talking about like the black Friday. Like I know for me, you know, I was, I was actually, I was still in Baltimore. I was living with, with Phelps. That was 2011. And I was like in the peak of my online playing. Like, and I actually think I wasn't even playing that great. Like I'm playing multi-table tournaments, wasn't really studying, you know, online games had gotten tougher. I was playing cash games. I was kind of going through the motions, right? Like I was an athlete, for my whole life, I played soccer and I was in school my whole life. Now I no longer had any responsibility for training or for school. And I was just sort of partying, playing beer pong every day, basically ordering Chinese food from Ding Hao. And I would roll out of bed before I would even like, you know, tournament. it was like, it was, it was just like, just crazy. Like you, you literally wake up. It's there's tournaments going. Ding Hao, Jeff. Are you 
you get a notion from uh, affiliate code flow if you uh, yeah. call them in, in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, it, it's just, it was just kind of crazy, right? It was like one of those things where, um, where, where like I, my routine was not healthy, but it was okay. I was sort of like, okay with that. But then all of a sudden it shifted. Like I was just waking up, playing poker, beer pong, Chinese repeat, right? Now, oh, wow, I can't play poker from here. What's going to happen? Life's over. This is bad. I'm, this is like a ship. Well, no, now I'm traveling. Now I'm playing live cash games. Now I'm doing, going to live tournament stops. Now I'm, you know, and now I'm working out again. I'm, I can't play online poker at the moment and my routine wasn't good. So like it was a complete shift and looking back, it's the best thing that ever happened. But in that like month or moment or immediate, it was like, this is bad. Like, what am I going to do? You know? So it's like, I think it's important to really try to think about like in general, like the COVID-19, not good, most likely for most, the majority of people in theory. Right. But like, can you find ways to shift or maybe, you know, recalibrate what you're doing? I think that's, that's like an important way to look at it if, if you can. And that's not always the case, not always like all this silver lining, but a lot of times it's mental and how you're able to shift or, or adjust. So, yeah. Um, cool. Well, I think we covered a lot. This was a treat. I appreciate it guys. Again, let me just quickly run through this. We do have the, the question uh, here, if you guys participated, you're eligible. We're going to roll this $55 ticket from Party Poker. We'll let Brad Owen go ahead and time that for us. And uh, again, Instagram, Twitter, you put up stories. You got to keep people posted. You got your YouTube channel over 200,000, I believe, well over uh, the lead for the, the poker, the biggest one. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, you know, it's pretty impressive. You're heading mob, which is for tournaments. You're one of the most popular players in the world and you don't even play uh, tournaments barely, like literally maybe 1% of what you do or less. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And uh, yeah, little Caesars commercial can check it out and, and anywhere else they can follow along or any other things to, to talk about. Yeah. That, I guess if they're interested in uh, <clears throat> playing poker with Andrew and myself, check out facebook.com slash poker mugs. Cool. And that is in your YouTube to show more You guys can kind of see what he's got going on Facebook, YouTube, and the other uh, different various programs you endorse or associate with. So um, very cool. Very, very informative. We appreciate it. And let's, uh, let's give someone a $55 ticket here. So you tell me when you're ready and, and let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's go for it. Boom. Someone's getting a 55, maybe a bankroll booster, maybe a starter. Uh, Josh Wilderman, I think this guy might have a hack because I, I know this name. And uh, man, that graph doesn't look great, whatever that is for. Maybe Bitcoin or no, maybe I don't know. I hope that's not your poker graph. But uh, you have won several poker uh, ticket. Um, and this guy has won, I think, at least two or three. So I, I always wonder if there's a way people are circumventing. Um, oh, my God. Is this the guy? Oh, he's saying this guy, this is crazy. I honestly, this guy, he's, I think he's won like five giveaways. I, this might be, I might have to put a cap, right? That's, that seems reasonable to, to cap uh, winners at like two or three. Cause I mean, how many raffles can you win? So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. All right, I might have to Josh, you're out, buddy. Um, Josh, that's it. That's uh, whatever the number you won. That's what I'm capping at for, um, for winners. So, all right, well, listen, man, I appreciate it. That's the Brad Owen. Give him a follow on across the platforms, check out his vlog. And again, I hope we uh, get to collaborate on some projects. I got something in the pipeline that you'll want to check out and maybe some meetup games in the future. We can organize as well, or be a, be a part of what you guys got going on that. And uh, yeah, man, keep, keep doing the the good fight for the industry. Definitely one of the, the bright lights and, and uh, positive 
um, positive uh, situations for poker. It's uh, it's great to see you producing content and giving people something to be excited about. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for uh, for having me on here and and uh, you know I, I was able to not be bored for the last couple hours. I don't know what I would have been doing. Well, that's there you go. Hopefully, uh, you're reading. You've been reading or or whatever. But there's stuff you know, plenty of free time right now. There's no question about that. So use it well. Be safe out there. Social distance. Take this thing serious. And you know, hopefully, we uh, we push through this pretty soon. All yeah. right. Cheers, Brad Owen. Everyone, enjoy it. And this is up on all the podcast outlets very soon. And please leave comments, feedback below what you thought. And uh, yeah, go check out his vlogs. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.